So yeah, we'll get a bit of silence and then um, we can start the show. How's that sound? All right. Well, did you say something? No. <laughs> well, you said you want a bit of silence, and then but, you're like, "Hey, you say something." Well, you went no huh. because you wanted silence. You said I just said wanted a bit of silence, and you went huh. So then I was like, oh, "Okay, oh. guys, don't say anything." Okay. Hey, did you say something? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. okay, I'm gonna shut up now. Go. everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. Uh, I'm Ian Boothby. And today, we're actually recording on the Canadian tradition, I guess English tradition, of Boxing Day. Although, I've been hearing more Americans using this term, so I guess maybe it's creeping out across North America. And uh, as per tradition, and this is actually Boxing Day, uh, we have our, our favorite Boxing Day guest, our only Boxing Day guest so far, Jason Dedrick. Welcome, Jason! Hello, fellas. How are you doing? Very good. Get closer to that microphone. <laughs> I'm going to lean right down here next to it. Is that better? Yeah, you seem... It sounds, it sounds softer. Yeah, it's weird. It's like super muffled now. God, I don't know. It's the iPad technology. Oh, okay. Okay. No comment. It's an iPad. Is it up at the top or is it the... There you go. There you're louder. Oh, something was happening there. Yeah, that was... Something was happening. I'm just going to hold it like I'm reading a book. <laughs> are you... Are you, like, talking into the microphone on the iPad? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I, I wish you told me that. I would have I would have brought you a headset to use, so... I have a spare one here that I... I keep buying them for other people for this... For this very... Well, pro- just, these problems. Like, just, just a plug-in headset, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, earphones? Well, it has earphones and then has a little, uh... A little microphone on it, as if you're working in a call center. Oh. And then I'll well, phone the, the- you with all my tech problems. Does the uh, does the does the iPad uh, headset not have a little microphone? Oh, maybe it doesn't. No, it doesn't do that, does it? No. Never mind. Strike it from the record. <laughs> it, is, it has been struck from the official record of Sneaky Dragon archives. Uh, oh, anyway, it's Boxing Day, which was weird because it feels like it wasn't that long ago that we had a a Boxing Day actual Boxing Day appearance. Does it feel like it's a long time ago, or not that long ago, or is that, am I just making things up? Both. Like everything, it's all. It's been the longest year and the shortest year at the same time. That's what I was going to say. It's exactly like that. It feels like, no, it wasn't that long ago. And also, it feels like it was a year and a half ago. So, I don't know. I don't know. This is weird. Like, you know, like, you know, usually we're doing it near Boxing Day, which is fine, which is fine. But it's just sort of fun when it actually is on Boxing Day. And I think the last time that happened... Jason, you and I left the show, left the recording, and then we drove out back out to to Surrey, and I went directly to Boxing Day, and I think you went home and and you got your breath. You were too you were too exhausted from doing the, the show, so you had to go home and rest up for an hour or something, and then you then you showed up. I don't know. Maybe you have an, maybe you have your own show up time for Boxing Day though. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think. I think what I did was I got home and then I was going to get Jennifer. Yeah. And Jennifer, if you tell her to be ready at 5, yeah. she will be ready promptly at 8.37. <laughs> so I'm going to throw that in her lap. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. She's not here to defend herself. That's a perfect time to blame someone oh, else. She's downstairs probably listening in going, what are those guys doing? 
<laughs> she, she had a whole summer of uh, Zoom meetings at her at her work, and so she worked from home for the summer, whereas I did not. I, it turns out I'm essential. <laughs> You're an essential service. I am. Oh, well, Dedrick seemed to be essential. <laughs> Our presence is demanded everywhere we we work. So, yeah, I'm essential too. So that's that's yeah. nice. But had I known, I would have quickly quit several years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh I, by the way i'm barely optional you're just, you're, you're, <laughs> in, you're not, not essential you are, you are essential too. no i'm on the dollar menu i'm just off to the side it's like you know you want do you want the matzo sticks you know it's a buck more and it's like nah i'm good i'll just take the i'll take the combo okay uh, all right you're like you guys are the are the coca-cola you're essential to the combo, or it's not a combo. Let's let's make it more Christmassy, and we'll describe you as the extra as Scrooge's extra bread. You're worth a hay penny, which he didn't want to pay. And if you haven't got a hay penny, well, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> I I watched for the first time in a while uh, the 1951 classic Scrooge, the Elister Sim starring version of of A Christmas Carol, and uh, I got to say. That movie holds up. I agree. <laughs> I'm glad. Which is, which is the one where Obi-Wan Kenobi drags him to hell? What's that one? There's one Albert, with... Albert, there's Albert Finney. Albert Finney? Okay, is that the musical one, right? Uh, I'm not sure, but I know that uh, the, uh, the Ghost of Christmas Future, when he leans over his grave, uh, gets pushed in, goes to hell... And it's uh, it's Bob Marley uh, played by Bob Marley. Is that right? <laughs> Bob Marley. <laughs> Cratchit. Marley? Cratchit. Oh, sorry. Jacob Marley. Marley. I'm sorry. I thought you were. Jacob Marley. Yeah. No, Jacob. Bob Cratchit isn't in hell. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, going, yeah, I've done some murders. What, Bob? You have? <laughs> yes, I'm Jack the Ripper. Oh, I didn't know. What a twist, Bob. Um, no, it's, uh, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi in hell. And then he's like, uh, okay, here's your room, and takes him to his room. And it's a freezing cold room uh, where he's going to do his accounting and it's full of rats. And it's like, oh, we were making your chain, but it took an extra long time. And then these uh, guys come in with a gigantic chain and uh, put, put his big chain on. And then he wakes up. Oh. oh well, I guess. Wow. I've never sat, never sat through the, the, music, the musical Scrooge. <laughs> I, I read about that ending, though. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, it's available on the YouTube if you just want to watch uh, that alone. <laughs> What? Yeah, you can watch Who? Go to Hell. I mean, I can see, like, dramatically, it's a weird part of the movie where he's showing his grave, and, like, he falls on it like, I'm dead! And then he falls on it, and he's, and he's like, so upset, and you're like, well, who did you think was going to be in this grave? Like, this is about you, you dum-dum. Like, you're going to show, like, you know, I don't know, Alice is dead? <laughs> I know, he looks, at, he looks at the grave and it says Oliver Twist on it. <laughs> and, then, and then he looks up at death and, uh, and death goes, twist ending. And then, <laughs> <laughs> they all have a good laugh. Anyway, anyway, your meds, your, your maid still stole all your bedclothes. So. Yeah, like, big deal, good for her. He's yeah. What does it matter? <laughs> yeah, he, what, what does he care? It's Dickens days. Everything's terrible. What the fuck are you? What's the problem? He couldn't even drag himself away from work until 7 p.m., which is apparently his normal clo closing time, because that's how long he makes Bob work in the, uh, <laughs> on Christmas Eve night, Bob has to work till 7. 7 p.m. 
I got off at 11 on Christmas Eve day. Do you think Bob's going to inherit the business when Scrooge dies? Because Scrooge is an old guy in Dickens times. Yeah. So he's got a year left, tops. Like, so even before all this nonsense happened, if he was just like, ugh, dead, uh, <laughs> the business just shut No, it would go to, it would, should, well, it would go to another relative, because it should have gone to Fred, but Fred has been disinherited because he married his poor wife. So that's made clear at the <laughs> yeah. beginning. So, so it would go to a, it would go to another more distant relative. Uh, it would not go to Bob Cratchit. He's not related to Scrooge. So that's not how. Okay. Uh, that's you didn't you didn't get stuff because you deserved it. That's not, that's not how it worked. <laughs> but Bob would be kept on because he's the only employee. Otherwise, it's not yeah. a business. Yeah. No. No. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So Bob's got steady work. Bob's okay. Bob's I mean, yeah, and hof- hof- hopefully the next one who takes over is is uh is a you know nicer and, and gives him a raise but yeah, but you know everyone's and okay tiny tim is having a hard time but again it's dickens times if you can keep that many of your family alive you're doing okay <laughs> one kid's got a bad well, they leg okay fine they weren't living in, in wartime conditions i mean it's, it's it's still a hard life for people i mean they talk about how the fact that they they can have two two glasses of punch you know they're like well we can afford this tonight today the rest of the year, the get, this is ridiculous, but for today... <laughs> Just dirty water. <laughs> that's right. It's filthy, filthy water. I mean, that's why people drank alcohol, of course, is the water was so it was so uh, abominable. It was that's full. right. It's safer to booze than it was to drink London's water or anybody's water. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Was good. Now, there was a strange, a strange book just uh, on the same topic of who inherits the thing because it was a sequel to A Christmas Carol <laughs> okay. about... About Tiny Tim when he's uh, probably in his early twenties. Okay, and this, this is the Christmas Caroler. He's big, he's big Tim then, yeah. He's big Tim. <laughs> oh, he's huge. He's he's eight stone Tim. Then. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it's a weird murder mystery book. I think our our mutual friend Mike Roberts told me about it, and so I had to read it. It's okay. called Mr. Timothy, and Ebenezer Scrooge is still alive in it, and he keeps <laughs> he keeps these depressing. <laughs> Dusty uh, Christmas ornaments up all year long. Ever since he had this one weird epiphany, his office has these shitty, decrepit, twenty-year-old Christmas trees in it, and everything's all shitty shitty looking. And I think it actually ends up being like a Jack the Ripper uh, murder mystery thing with Mr. Timothy. I think he's a reporter, and he's helping out. Somebody, there's a lot of brothels, and and, uh, and and I remember a bad guy beating him up in it, but I forget if he was actually the bad guy. But if you are, are interested in a weird read, Mister Timothy might be just up here at Valley. <laughs> wow, yeah. You made me. Th- you made me think there. What I'd love to see is a scene at the end of a Christmas Carol where uh, where Scrooge, after you know the whole like, what day is it, boy? Oh, give me that turkey. And then it's like uh, heads to the Cratchits, and just before he enters the Cratchits. You see the Cratchits all, like, hiding the outfits that they used to fool Scrooge the night before? <laughs> <laughs> got a big robe in the side and all the other things. It's like, oh, God, he's here, he's here. Shove it all in the closet. Hey, good to see you. Oh, what, you have a crazy dream? That's nice. Hello, well, thanks for all the stuff. It's like, ah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Them. Stop dancing, Tim. Stop dancing. He's like a clogger. Hackety, hackety, cack, clogger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tim, Tim plays Fezziwig. <laughs> in the, in the 
He's a he's a confused old man. It's easy to trick him, you know. So they all just like acted out these little scenes, this little production, and then uh, everything's fine for them. One of the one of the fun elements of the of that version of the of the story is how much it plays up the horror elements of 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 this. I mean, the music is really like super heavy, like really kind of scary. You know, it's like bomp bomp bomp. You know, it's, it incorporates a little bit of uh, Christmas carols into it, but then the rest of it's just like da da. And then you know, just the way it's shot and and I mean, I you know, I watched it as a kid, of course, because it was on. It was a Christmas Eve classic in my family. And it, uh, I just remember how terrifying things that I would see now. And I'm just kind of like, eh, like Jacob Marley's face appearing in the door knocker, for instance, uh-huh. when I was a kid, yeah. it was just like oh, it's horrifying. You know, it just looks so, looks so weird. It might've just been a product of the fact that at the, by that point, the, the print that we saw was so degraded that, you know, things took on an extra kind of, uh, scariness because the detail was lost. So you didn't, you didn't know what you were looking at, you know, so. But yeah, the appearance of of Marley, like the 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 you know the ringing of the bells and 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 all that, it's it's you know as a kid it was just a, the most scary is the scariest thing I'd ever seen, you know, which I think is really an interesting part of the the writing of the book because you know of course when when um, when Dickens wrote a Christmas Carol there wasn't really there wasn't really Christmas traditions like we have now, you know, like there was you know like most of the Christmas traditions we have. Are products of the late, you know, late nineteenth century, early twentieth century, and so at that time it was very common for people to read ghost stories uh, at Christmas. That was a common thing to do was to the fun of reading a ghost story because there was also no Halloween then. So, so we didn't have like we didn't have like a repository for all our scary things. So some of the scary things were part of the Christ- Christmas tradition for some reason, and I just like the idea that Dickens wrote this book. Combining, you know, the tradition of the ghost story, the Christmas ghost story, and then adding this new kind of element of of this kind of idea of a of almost like a secular Christmas. Like I noticed in in the movie last night, there are some mentions of of Jesus by like by the ghost of Christmas present, but in the actual story, uh, Dickens left out any religious reference at all because he was he was not a religious person, oh. and so. And what he was trying to do was create this idea of, you know, the idea of Christmas as being a time of, of year to celebrate our our goodness and stuff like that, but not have it, like, tied to any particular religious element. And and so, yeah, the idea of Scrooge is that Scrooge is good because that is what men should be in order, you know, that l- the world should be more decent in order that we can live more decently with each other. And then that, you know, kindness should be the, the rule. He never goes, uh, Jesus, help me out. <laughs> no, he does not. He does not. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't look at the the ghost of Christmas future and go, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, there's no, no mention at all of it. So it's uh, it's it's uh, yeah, it's kind of a. Because I actually I read it this year just before Christmas for the hell of it. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I knew that I probably wouldn't be able to see it on TV because <laughs> Jennifer doesn't like it. And so <laughs> I put it on. She says. Why are you watching that depressing movie again? And I say it's not, de- it's not depressing. It's happy at the end. Yeah, that's says, right. No, it, it, <laughs> you have to stick with it. <laughs> Don't give up. Right in the middle. Yeah, you won't like it's a wonderful life either. It's the exact same conversation. It's a wonderful life eventually. Yeah. Well, except, it's except it's a wonderful life. Uh, basically, they, like if 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 Potter was the one who the angels visited and went like, let's straighten that guy out. 
then it's a Christmas Carol. But in that one, it's just like, ah, he's a bastard. Screw that guy. Let's go. Uh, let's uh, let's let's go uh, Cratchit. Let's uh, see. Let's uh, help Cratchit out. It's almost like the opposite uh, uh, film stories. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life and uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah. Do you think why? Do you I think he 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 is decent, and then at the end, he's not a decent person, or? Well, in uh, in in uh, you know, he's not a Scrooge is a as a is Mr. Potter basically. He's a greedy miser. Okay. You know, who's making things uh, hard for those around him and, uh, and yeah. everything. And yeah. in one case, like, well, let's redeem that guy. And the other one's like, no, let's help Bob Cratchit out. <laughs> you know? It's basically Bob Cratchit going, ah, I'd better kill myself so my family can eat. You know, it's like, okay, let's go <laughs> do that yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. But in a way, it's also, I mean, it's also as if the, the angels had stepped in earlier in Scrooge's life. You know, like Scrooge... Like when you watch Christmas Carol, you see that there's these disappointments and things that happen to Scrooge that harden him, you know, where he could, he should have, you know, where he, he couldn't forgive. Like he couldn't forgive Fred for, you know, because when Fred was born, uh, Fan, Scrooge's beloved sister, dies in childbirth. And so he blames Fred for that death, forgetting that his own father blamed him for the death of his mother. Right. And, and did that's not only lo- in the movie, right? That's not in the book. I think that's only in the movie. Oh, is that right? Okay, I didn't remember that part from the book. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, yeah, reading Christmas Carol, it's such a great story. And then you read you read uh, Dickens' other Christmas story, A Cricket on the Hearth, and it's not a great story at all. It's actually kind of boring. <laughs> and it's just so funny because the one is like so, like such a perfect, perfectly structured story in every way. Are you saying that Charles Dickens is a one-hit wonder? <laughs> I'm not saying he's a one-hit wonder. I've read, there's tons I of great expectations about that. Book. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah. Well, here, I'll tell you, there's some hard times ahead. So, yeah, we can just, if you want to, I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to get Dombey and Son into this conversation. Yeah, okay. What's a, what's a cricket on the hearth about? <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't remember now. It's been years since I read that story. It's really. Did Chuck Jones do it as an animated thing? Once? Did he? Let me I look it know, up. Because then there's a there's a cricket in Times Square that I think somebody adapted uh, a movie for, from as well. But okay, related to, to Dickens, just you know, the whole insect based Christmas. Yeah, and there's a lot. But of I don't think a cricket. That I'm remembering. I thought a cricket was a thing on the hearth, not a not an animal. I thought it was like part of the. Let me just oh. look. Let me look it up here on, on our favorite friend Wikipedia, who will tell us what oh. it's all about. Plot. You read? So John Peerybingle. <laughs> who is a carrier there's no need to make up thing. Rankin Bass did it uh, oh wait it is a cricket. cricket it is a cricket in the heart and in a way it's it's a it's a it's a, uh, it's a takeoff on Jiminy Cricket because it says uh, he lives with his young wife Dot their baby boy and their nanny Tilly Slowboy a cricket chirps on the hearth they and... used to call me a Tilly Slowboy <laughs> I think you're thinking silly and <laughs> uh, then uh a cricket chirps on the hearth and acts as a guardian angel to the family. One day, a mysterious elderly stranger comes to visit and takes up lodging at Peary Bingle's house for a few days. Okay. Weird. Uh, I won't go... So let's see here. Let me just... You guys talk amongst yourselves and I will... Uh... <laughs> so there is a yeah, miser... Uh, Peary Bingle and uh, the slow boy uh, came to the make up crazy name house. <laughs> There's a miser named Tackleton. Of course there is. And he's going to marry... Um, Shibbling-dingle-bang. <laughs> so there's a there's an Edward. I don't know where this Edward came from. Is he the guardian angel? 
All okay. I'm saying is like Ebenezer Scrooge now sounds like a normal name. And let's not forget, <laughs> that's a crazy-ass name. We're used wasn't to there it. A, wasn't there an old sketch from a British comedy? I don't think it was Monty Python, although it could have been, where there was a, a bunch of extra Dickens characters that were all hanging <laughs> around somewhere, and they all had names like that, because he would constantly add them to books and add them and add them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be f- I mean, I guess it was, a, it was a, his thing. You know, because he started off as a humorous Maybe? writer, and so a lot oh, of his, right. you know, Pickwick and things like that, you know, and so those are all full of like funny, funny named characters, and and so he kind of kept it up through his life, even when he started writing books that were more serious or at least had you know more melodrama to them and not just pure pure humor. Uh, and he still kept on doing that, you know, and it is it is sort of an, an annoying. Um, uh, Trollope did that too. He thought it was very amusing to give like a lawyer named Bide a while, you know. So, but it kind of takes you out of the story because you're just like, well, that's a dumb name. Like, no one would be named that. So why would you anyway? So because everyone else has like a normal name, and then there's one person whose name is like significant of their of their role, you know, Mister Cheater. Oh, I wonder what he's gonna do. <laughs> Mr. Significant Other Role. <laughs> That's right, yes. <laughs> oh, Mr. Antagonist. I wonder. <laughs> Johnny Expository. What are you doing here? <laughs> so, Let me tell you. So we've it's got a funny, t- we... though, I was thinking of this when I was Oops. reading The Christmas Carol. Yeah. And and because I think it's really a well crafted book, and yet I have no reason to say that. I couldn't tell you what a well crafted book is. No, I thought you meant I don't have a cut in it. I'm not making any money off of this. Why should I say it? You don't know you don't I know much about books, about Jason, but you know one when you see one. But it seems strange to me that by the time that he's taken back uh, to his his childhood, yeah, and and then his young adulthood at Fezziwigs, yeah, and he's already converted at that point. Everything oh yeah, no, no, I know it's the same in the movie too, right? Nose in it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Bob Cratchit right now. You're not talking to Bob Cratchit right now. We, we got two more ghosts <laughs> for you, and you're gonna see your death. No, no, I'm converted. That I may that may have been that may have been changed a little bit in the film because in it he keeps saying that he sees the error of his ways, but he's too old to change. Mm. And so I guess the idea there, I guess they felt like, well, let's just kind of like highlight the fact that he recognizes that he's wrong, but he feels like you know, you know, old I, habits die hard. I guess, and he not was not as hard as Scrooge did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's uh. Anyway, well, let me just finish this um, Cricket on the Hearth. Yes. Okay. All right. So there's a miser named Tackleton who is now on the verge of marrying Edward's sweetheart, May. I don't know who Edward is. He's not mentioned in this first part. But she does not love Tackleton. Tackleton tells John Peerybingle that his wife Dot... <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong? Peerybingle. Come on, sir. Come on, Tackleton sir. Tackleton tells Peerybingle... <laughs> You know there was a there was a famous Mr. Arctic ex- bag is on his way. There's a famous explorer named Shackleton. Will you laugh at his name? That Well, if you if you load me up with three other crazy <laughs> names. <laughs> don't you remember when yeah. don't you know when Tackleton went with Bump Bobbing is by. <laughs> Tackleton, Bumpelschneiker, and uh Williams Boing all went on that Arctic or Antarctic expedition together and poor Williams Boing was left behind <laughs> die he died of uh hypothermia. It's a sad Sad ending to. He died while trying to write his name on a tombstone. It was just too exhausting. <laughs> Can I just put Bill? No, you cannot just put Bill. <laughs> so, so he, uh, so Tackleton tells Peerybingle that his wife Dot has cheated on him, 
and shows oh, him. Oh, is it? Is it? Sorry, is this Dot Periwinkle? It's Peri okay. uh, Dot Dot Periwinkle. Peri Periwinkle. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, Periwinkle. Yeah. I apologize to Dot Periwinkle for that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> this is weird, though, and shows him a clandestine scene in which Dot embraces the mysterious lodger, the latter, who in who is in disguise, is actually a much younger man than he seems. John okay. John. Piri Bingle is cut to the heart over this as he loves his wife dearly, but decides after some deliberations to relieve his wife of their marriage contract. In the end, the mysterious lodger is re revealed to be none other than Edward, who has returned home in disguise. Ugh. With his friend Richard the Lionhearted. Dot shows that she has indeed been faithful to John. Edward marries May hours before she is scheduled to marry Tackleton. However, Tackleton's heart is melted by the festive cheer. And he surrenders May to her true love. Yeah, it's just not a very satisfying. I mean, compared if you mean basically all of the names could be could be names for Dickensian genitalia. It's <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Did you touch his Perry Bingle? Well, I it's Bingleberry. It's not a terrible story of its sort. It's just that if when you read a Christmas Carol, which is like this masterpiece, and then you read that story, you're just kind of like, oh, he wrote another Christmas story. <laughs> okay. But you're not like, wow, this, why wasn't this made into a movie? You read it and see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got to go read. I'm sorry, I'm busy reading some Oscar Wilde that's just going to bum me the hell out now instead. Oh, the, the happy prince? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. But the one about the giant is a very... I remember seeing that as a Christmas an animated Well, they do a three, three for They give you the selfish giant, happy prince, and remarkable rocket. In the, in the animated one. The animated one they give you the three for. That's yeah. funny that the only one I remember is the selfish giant. That may say something about the stories, I guess. But yeah, well, you, well, the story. You know the story of the Happy Prince? No. Okay, no. Happy Prince story is there's a giant statue of a prince. It's a, I guess it's London, uh, and it's like covered in gold. It's got rubies. It's beautiful. And the prince in life, the real prince, uh, never knew suffering. And then, uh, but as uh, he sees the suffering around him, he's like. Oh, geez, that uh, kid's poor. Take the ruby out of my uh, thing and then give it to them. Okay, oh, take my eyes and give them to that person. They need stuff. Oh, these poor people need to eat. Uh, take the gold leaf off me and uh, and this little sparrow that's doing all this. But by the end of that, like doing all this stuff, the sparrow's so exhausted and it's winter that the sparrow dies. And the sparrow dies and the uh, the heart of the, uh, the, the, the prince, the statue, his leaden heart cracks. And uh, then the, the townsfolk look up and go, what an ugly statue. That's got a dead bird on it. This is, this is gross. Let's melt that down. So they, they tear it down and they throw it in the furnace. But God goes, oh, give me the two most valuable things in all of London. For some reason, I don't know why God's saying that. What's a Christmas present? Yeah. And so uh, the, the angels go, here are the two most valuable things. The sparrow and the, and the heart of this uh, prince. And so they both rise up to heaven and are, are by God's side. So that's the story of the Happy Prince. Huh. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the a remarkable rocket, on the other hand, is a real smug rocket that uh, is waiting to be blown up uh, for fireworks. Okay. And uh, no, no one sees it because they all turn around because something else is happening and it oh. blows up and no one sees it. Oh, yeah. wow. That's a – yeah, those aren't – no wonder I don't remember those stories. They're both kind of... That Ray Bradbury one where the girl, the, the sun only comes out once every hundred years or whatever. They lock, lock. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty funny. <laughs> it was so sad when I was a kid 
And as I get older, it's it's a funnier story every time. <laughs> Wait, what happens? So it's a thing comes every hundred years, and then this girl does what? Uh, this girl's excited about it. Yeah, they're gonna be able to get at a school. I think they're in, a, in a, either a boarding sort of a school, but it's a school. I just made it into my elementary school when I read it. I it, just imagine being yeah. in school all day and they're saying, "Oh, the sun's gonna come out for." five minutes whatever it is it only happens every hundred years yeah she's all excited about it so some mean kids lock her in a closet <laughs> forget about it I'll go outside and see it and then they go oh sh- shit Susie's in the cupboard in the it's the only one that really wanted to, to see the sun <laughs> oh and my so god I was like oh shitty yeah girl. and it's like sorry that's another hundred years and then you find and then you she goes like thank god we live for thousands of years twist ending wom 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 <laughs> Really? Is that how it ends? No, it's okay. not how it ends. Okay. It ends with like it's a bummer that she didn't get to see the sun. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I get better like tomorrow. A hundred years from now, tomorrow. Oh, they fucked with time. I yeah, and, uh, you know. Then all the all the kids who went out in the sun, they all get skin cancer because they have no protection for that at all. Horrible they all burns. Stared at the sun. They're all blind. <laughs> They're all blind. They all have disease. They're all burned. And it's like, oh, I was lucky I was in the closet. <laughs> and so the advice, is, the moral, it says at the end, always stay in the closet. <laughs> and it was a thing about homosexuality. <laughs> it, was a, it was a metaphor. Sure. Ray Bradbury, you slick devil. <laughs> <laughs> Something wicked this way did come. It was, Ray Brad, it was Ray Bradbury. Yeah. Yeah. You ever read like a whole bunch of like short stories, sci-fi short stories, and just get annoyed just going, just tell me the twist. Enough of the setup. I don't need to know what the room's like. Ugh. What color is her hair? Who cares? What is it? She's a robot, right? She's a robot. That's the thing. Just tell me. Ah, uh, whatever. I guess you could. Have you ever I, been reading a collection of short stories and then you found one that was longer than all the other ones and you were like, "Jeez, I thought this was supposed to be short. Why did they?" <laughs> yeah, it's longer than three, three pages, and you're just, "Jeez, come on." I'm like that with, like, I've been reading Encyclopedia Browns, old Encyclopedia Brown stories. And yeah, occasionally you'll get, like, a real goes-on-for-a-while one, and it's just like, just come on, man. Four pages tops. Let's just get on with it. Oh, really? Were Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Brown stories, like, short? Um, yeah. Like, kind of minute mysteries or whatever kind of style? Super short. It's like someone walks in, uh, puts a quarter down, uh, listen, Bugs Meanie says... Uh, that, uh, you know, he knows a ghost. And I bet him they didn't have a ghost. And, uh, and now I got to pay him $5 in my bike. It's like, okay, let's see where the ghost was. Tells the ghost story. Ah, but what Bugs didn't know was. And it's like that. That's that's all the stories. Every one of them. Oh, I didn't realize that. That, that sounds really unappealing. I, I really actually hate that uh, format of storytelling. Yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> it's very soothing. Yeah. Funny, yeah. I much prefer like characterization. I didn't read Encyclopedia yeah. Brown going growing up, and maybe that's maybe that's why I did read like a book like Minute Mysteries, which is kind of like tell you like a short, very similar, very short story. And then it'd be like, how yeah. did he do that or whatever. Then you like have to turn the book upside down, and it would give you the the solution at the bottom of the page. And you know he used a snorkel or whatever, and you're like, oh, he used a snorkel. Okay, well, that's the one I was thinking of. That was the one the guy got murdered because he was hiding in the pond, and the guy gave him the too long tube of uh, of uh, bamboo or whatever that. That's right, and he asphyxiated because you need you need a yeah. you need a wider like a snorkel has to be a certain width, otherwise the air doesn't flow in it properly. 
Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I read that I read too it about six months ago. Oh, did you really? I read it when I was yeah. in like elementary school because it was a Helegian, right? It was Doctor Helegian was the is that his name? Yeah, it was. I remember as a kid reading it and going like, "What kind of stupid name is this?" From uh, but I felt that way about Hercule Poirot because I could never figure out: is it Hercule? Is it Poirot? I didn't because I didn't. There was no TV shows then, the you know. Legacy of Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was just, this is the thing, you know, like, because when you were a kid, then there was no, there was no Hercule Poirot on television. So you didn't know, you're just trying to read this book and, and it's not, there's no clue. And yeah, to have like this, uh, it's detective with like this weird Armenian sounding name, like, you know, help us out, please. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I read that in, uh, like, Brown was so successful. <laughs> this is Brown. I can't read Brown. Brown. Now, are you guys talking about Two Minute Mysteries? Yeah. At the book? Yeah. Okay, it's it's written by the same guy who did Encyclopedia Brown. Ah, okay, okay. Donald, uh, Donald J. Sobel. Okay, yeah. yeah, I did not like that book at all. I mean, I did read it all because I'm a person who insanely will read, even if I don't like a book, I will read it to the very end. No matter how boring or stupid I'm thinking the book is, I just grind through it until I get to the end of it and go, well, I never have to do that again. But, but I think two minute mysteries. Where I get it from. I've done that same exact thing. I say I hate this book, and I just force my way through it. Yeah, like yeah. I'm climbing through a letter slot. I'll do this. I don't like it, and I'm going to tear my pants. I'm going to stupid and hate it, and then I'm going to tell yeah. everybody what a shitty book it was. You got it for me. You said, Dave, how do you read a book? And I said, Well, I just read it all the way through, and even if I don't like it, you said, oh, I'll do that too. I'll do that too. <laughs> I, went I have. <laughs> Back next Boxing Day, and I will tell you how to, to listen to Beatles music. Okay, okay. Hey guys, I got a, a dumb bit of trivia for you. Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, we were talking about these books. What's the connection between these books yeah. and uh, Jim Crochet? <laughs> um, those books and Jim Crochet. Yes. Uh, was Leroy Brown named after Encyclopedia Brown? Leroy Brown is Encyclopedia Brown's actual name. Yeah. Woo. Wow. There we go. I thought all of the books ended up, ended up in a junkyard. And <laughs> by a dog. Yeah, with a couple of pieces gone. It looks like a couple of pieces gone, yeah. Donald no, J. Sobel uh, was Jim Crochet. Oh, maybe. Actually, Donald J. Sobel does sound like a fake name. It yeah. sounds yeah. like a mix, mix em up name, like a... A person who's like a proper writer who's like, I'm not going to put my name on this. And then mix that up and then it's like, yeah, that's where I'm making my money. Shit. That's what I am. There you go. The first Encyclopedia Brown book apparently took two weeks to write. Hmm. And uh, other ones took six months. I guess he had a store, a storehouse of, of little trivial. Yeah, I, I guess I guess the um, the Two Minute Mysteries was more grown up stories that he couldn't like shoehorn into the Encyclopedia Brown ones. Hmm. Yeah, or, I guess with murder and stuff. I guess with actual murder, yeah, yeah like, yeah. Yeah, that to me that book was just dull, dull as dishwater. Just because you know, I'm more about. I just want to read about the personalities in a story. I want characters, you know. And I want a, I want a story that tells like a big tale that I'll, I, I'll enjoy. And just reading like these kind of little tidbits of, uh, you know, with the thing at the bottom, you know, the ice melted or you know. The yeah, it's always the ice melted. He used a, a, a block of ice to climb up, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, that's what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's another one from that book, right? Jason, isn't there one where the guy hangs himself with a block of ice or something like that? Oh, that does sound familiar. I was just thinking of the one I, uh, that I remember solving as a kid only on a guess, where somebody had gone to, like, uh, Paris, uh, London, and Frankfurt, 
and they were all thinking that they were in Europe, but no, these were all cities in Texas, kind of a deal. Okay, but, okay, oh. sure, sure. Yeah. There's one that was, uh, oh, why this uh, murderer um, uh, in the elevator, but only went, like, it's, it goes up to, like, 20 stories, but got off on the 10th floor and walked all the way up, and it's like, how do you know who the murderer is? Oh, it's the little person. They couldn't reach the higher number. And so <laughs> after their murder, what? they only hit the, the lower button and so, had to walk up to their 20. So they had no, they had no like survival strategy that they just sort of adopted over the years to like, you know, like use an elevator. <laughs> I'll carry a pencil in my pocket. I can just push the. No, no, no. He's busy planning a murder. <laughs> I just, I just like the idea of like a person who didn't put his fingerprint on the old twenty, and uh, that was the end of that. I just like the idea of a person anything taller than four feet. He's just lost. Yeah, and then he, he got sent to a little prison. It's a prison just for little people. <laughs> he just lives in a he lives in a dark. His house is pitch black. He can't reach the light switches to turn them on. Yeah, all the light bulbs. There's no way he's not changing. And he can't change them. He can't change the light bulb. Even when he can turn them on, it burns out and he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, he's not even good at seeing the top half of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's reading the, the captions at the bottom. How can you sit on the floor all the time? I can't get in the coach. Only see the scroll. Yeah. Wow. There's a yeah. dead bird in a cage up high. It's like, oh, well, what can I do? How can I feed him? <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of stepladders, haven't you? What? No, what? Tell me more. <laughs> I have in my hand my little box set of mini mysteries for amateur detectives that I've had since whatever the hell year. Two minute yeah. mysteries, more two minute mysteries, still more. Oh, I... mysteries. Holy fuck, more mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bleeding mysteries. <laughs> Oh, when you had enough yet, so dear God, know. stop the mysteries. That's uh, you that's spot the clues you match wits with famous detective Dr. Helegian. You solve that 79 quickie mystery filled with very tricky answers are given, so you score yourself as a sleuth. Ready, Watson? It says, So that was in a slipcase. Is that in a slipcase? Yeah, so you must have got that for Christmas. I probably did, maybe a boxing day gift or something. The case of the angry chef is the first story. Ah, I'm just gonna look at the result. How did he know? Pockets yeah, yeah he killed with gas. <laughs> what was it? What was the answer? Sorry, it says Hawkins asserted he'd never heard of the restaurant or been in it. If true, he could not have gone back to it, as he said. A fatal slip of the tongue. Oh, he had to look for the attic suicide. Archie Carter claimed he saw Carl Mesner kick a small stool from under him. However, standing on the ground. Carter could never have seen a small stool through an attic window three stories above him. He was lying the whole time. Ah, oh, There's the bamboo fence, the big deal. If I got one more that's short enough. The taste buds of the youth's tongue had been anesthetized by the ice fed him. I do remember that one. Ah, more ice. Okay. More ice. Huh. Yeah, they're all ice-based mysteries. <laughs> Donald, Donald Sobel must have had a book, 101 Uses for Ice. What could have stabbed this person? There's no weapon here. Yeah, what? Just this puddle on the ground. It was an icicle. Oh, I get it. A mysterious yeah, death. This was 1975. So we was doing these. And, they, and I think in the very first one here, he's already written the Encyclopedia Browns. So. Okay. Yeah. I and, guess... if, uh, and if it's like Encyclopedia Brown, 
every story has something in that you go, whoa, you can't say that anymore. <laughs> okay. Yikes. Oh, jeez. Okay. You know, their basketball team, the Raging Savages. Mm. Uh, so we're yeah, we're wearing their outfits. Yeah, I know what the outfits were. Always describing them. Okay, so the problem with feathers. Okay. Yeah. All right. Are you guys you still go. there? I hear nothing but silence. Oh, oh. we're we're here. Nothing? Are oh. you? Uh oh. Okay, we're gonna have to redo. Lost. There was a problem with the network. Oh Not no. On my end. That's on are your you end. He- are you hearing us now? Nope. He's not. <laughs> Let's talk about him. Yeah. Let's talk about Jason behind his back. Oh, I know we got to figure out how to get Ian involved in this. Hello. Okay. Oh, hey there. Okay. We're back together again. Together again. Five minutes of nightmare. Doopa doo skadoo. Jeez. Double J Sobel tapped my phone. That's right. Well, well, we're we're failures. It took us five minutes to get this mystery solved. So. <laughs> the mystery of what skyping what did you miss you miss us going jason can you hear us hello 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 do 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 and then and then it goes bloop and then there's like you're not there and we're going hello jason are you there hello hey Ian, i'm gonna put you on hold for a minute okay I'm just going to read mysteries until you help out. Until you... That's right. I'm all by myself. Luckily, I have this slipcase version of, for um for one of our classic Dedrick family boxing days, and I remember it was at, it was at Auntie Pat's, Uncle Stacy's house, and it was, I got um, the James Harriet books in a, in a, in a slipcover uh, edition, which I always appreciated that. It's always nice when, you're, when your relatives sort of know you well enough to, to get you something that's close to what you would like. Because, you know, we weren't, because yeah, no. we were Dedrick, so we weren't a really close family. So I have, a, I have this feel like very few of our relatives actually knew us. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a, a safe guess. Yeah. So, uh, you've got a head, here's a comb. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you ever shop at that store? And you got a head. It's <laughs> all hand related things. So yeah, hats, since... combs, hair dryers. Because <laughs> yeah, when 
just so 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 our listeners understand. So in the the Dedrick family boxing day tradition was one aunt and uncle would get one kid to buy for, and so so we weren't all getting gifts from our myriad aunts and uncles. We just got one gift on Boxing Day from one set of aunt and uncle, and it was just I guess it was like a you know just sort of uh, a draw or whatever, or they were assigned. And you randomly were given gifts by different, different, yeah. slightly indifferent aunts and uncles. <laughs> and as I remember it, though, was that Uncle Jerry used to give gifts to everybody. But then when the second generation of Little Dedrick started to come along, they said, this is, this is too expensive. Well, partly that. And then also, he wasn't married because he had, he had divorced his first wife, my, uh, my Auntie Bonnie. And so, uh, he was a he was a you know a swinging bachelor there for a while so uh, so he had no he had he had no fixed he had no fixed uh, you know thing to spend his money on so I guess that was okay to like because really I mean I guess there was a a lot of us but there's only I guess there was eight of us of that first generation of of cousins right yeah I would think you three my, my brother and I and and maybe uh, Tar Tar and Stacy Tar and Stacy yeah and then Russell and Russell. Sorry, Russell. Don't forget Russell. He's he's the adopted Dedrick, so we have less to do with him than you normally would. <laughs> Screw that. Screw man. that asshole. Oh. Actually, Russell and I were really close when we were kids, but then he became a cop, and you know, like, screw that. Friend <laughs> yeah. with some snitch. <laughs> Just joking. And he, and there was also a cutoff age. At some point, you got too old to get a gift. Yeah. That was the other... That's right. Yeah. Ten. <laughs> you're out. No, I don't know yeah. what it was. I can't remember. you old enough to appreciate what you're getting. <laughs> that's right. you think it's old enough to criticize what you're getting. <laughs> that's maybe what it was. Like the kid's like, I didn't want this. Well, who fucking asked you? <laughs> that's right. You got a thing. Open it up and play with it. You play with a box. You're a kid. You don't give a shit. Now you're 10. You Get out of here! No more presents. Yeah, I think it was some somewhere around puberty. You 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 get ended up off the list. Yeah, well, yeah. this thing I've got a eighteen year old to to get a gift for. Good luck at that. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like what am I gonna get? Money. Like, we haven't getting books, but it's just like you know, if it's a book they like, they've got it. They don't <laughs> they don't have any problem getting a book. What am I gonna buy them like a, a song, like a CD? Would that be ridiculous? Yeah, it's kind of hard now. A video game. They've got it. I'm, they downloaded it the second they saw it. I'm so they lucky. My it. daughters still love to get DVDs. Like they, they ask for them. Like they love DVDs. So I have. Have you ever let them out of the house? Do they know? <laughs> what they, they are, you know, like Eve. Eve, <laughs> you know, Eve loves DVDs, but she'll watch movies on her phone, which just kills me. But mm. yeah, it's uh no. I mean, no, they. I don't uh, know this the thing. Zoetrope, Papa. Oh, thank you, Papa, for the zoetrope. But you know, I can kind of like. I mean, you need to have a really extensive DVD collection to not have this problem. But you know, like, there's lots of movies that you might want to watch that aren't available anywhere. You know, and so if you you might feel like watching, I don't know, like, well, I wanted to watch. I was I was thinking about the movie The Sure Thing yeah. last night. You know, with John Rob Cusack, Reiner. Rob Reiner film. That's right. Go on. Who All else right. is in it? Yeah, Nicole Sheridan. And yeah, Nicolette seems, Sheridan? Seems like it's going to be a booby comedy from the 80s, but uh, it, is, uh, it is not exactly. Yeah, it's a really good film. And uh, I remember liking it as a kid and as it, when I saw it like a long time ago. And I, I was thinking about it. And I was like, oh, man, I'd love to see that again. 
let's see where it's streaming. Nowhere. Okay. Well, I guess that's there goes that idea. No, not available. Wow. Not available for purchase, rental, or streaming anywhere. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm not watching that movie. So yeah, it's. Uh, I can see like you know if you really are a crazy movie fan, why you'd still want to have DVDs. And I think if DVD manufacturers are smart, they are putting on like the extra things that make you know kind of make if you're a movie fan make dvds interesting you know whether it's commentary tracks the featurettes and stuff like that they've got that on uh, on the streaming services too some do some don't yes yes you're right some some i watched soul yesterday on disney plus and i saw some little documentaries on there that i watched i was just like oh it's like having the dvd the yeah the movie came out yeah, and it's the same thing with like the marvel movies and the commentary tracks like oh i missed those oh they're there they're there oh okay they're there on Disney right. Plus. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Look at the extras, and there's the commentary tracks. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, what you're you're a musician, Jason. What did you mm-hmm. think of Soul? Um, I so like just Soul. as a musician. Don't tell me it as a human being. <laughs> as a musician, I don't know if I, I'm more of a human being than I am a musician. Unfortunately, gross. I've never been. I've never been <laughs> driven like his character is supposed to be when he yeah. thinks that his purpose is to do this. I don't. I never thought my my if anything my purpose was to make people laugh. My purpose is okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Without without getting too into things that are in it, uh, one of the things that I I really loved was them talking about the similarity of being uh, in the zone and being obsessed. Yeah, and and it's just like whoa, whoa, where's this? What are we talking about here? It was just like, this is a really interesting topic to have slipped into your animated movie. It's like, shit? Yeah. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost pause-worthy just to say, hang on, let me just digest what, what you're telling me. There was a couple of moments, yeah, where you did want to stop and just, I like turned to Pia and just went, huh? because <laughs> they do actually have a gag there that's afterwards and again i'm not going to spoil the gag about what someone is obsessed with and it was exactly what he has been obsessed with in the past so i was like oh <laughs> spoke to us but i know i loved uh, i loved soul very very much i think it's my second favorite pixar movie after ratatouille Oh, there you go. No, it's certainly high up there. I would say, uh, I would say, I would have to think what my what my order of them would be. But yeah, I'm really sad that I couldn't see it in 3D in the movie, and I hope or in the theater. And I hope that maybe when things get sort of back to normal, some of these films will just get a a quick quickie re-release so that yeah, that'd be nice. So, yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, our friend uh, Louise Moon uh, uh, was watching it, and at one scene, and she has not said what this scene was. Turned to her family and went, "Oh, Ian's gonna love this." And I, was like, I don't know what scene it was. It might have been right, that scene. I did, but that might have been that scene. I, I'm very curious to, to find out what scene she's talking about. Is that one you have to pay to watch? No. Oh, it's just available for streaming. Yeah, and there's a oh. short that uh, doesn't come with it, but there's a short that was released at the same time that I assume would have been the one that would have showed before it called Burrow. About a little bunny that's also just oh, that's great. I love the I love the shirts. Just adorable. That's yeah. great. Um, so uh, yeah, no, you can just see Soul. That was that was the other thing. After spending thirty bucks on Wonder Woman, which is like, well, what's Soul gonna cost me? Nothing. Oh, all right, fair enough. <laughs> Except for the regular Disney thing, and I'm like, hey, Disney, you've earned your keep with the Mandalorian this month. So <laughs> this is all this is all gravy. This is great. Oh, 
Yeah, my goodness, The Mandalorian. Holy cow. Did you guys discuss that on some other uh, platform? <laughs> we did not. We have not talked about it. I think because it was a bit spoiler spoilerific to discuss it too early on. So, Yeah, I think you're probably right. But uh, yes, I was t- I was both tickled and and weirdly disappointed, but uh, <laughs> still tickled. I felt the same way. I felt the same way. That's funny. Yeah, I really, I really, I really love the first season a lot. I especially liked, I especially like the kind of um, Western elements that they introduced in it. Like even right from the very beginning, yeah. I, 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 I was rewatching the first two episodes because Lisa was watching it with me, and she didn't, and she hadn't seen any of it, so she was really like just kind of sitting there. And I was like, well, this is something you might. I don't know if you'd like this, but you might like it. So I said we should maybe watch the first couple episodes to see what you think. So we watched the first, we rewatched the first two, or I rewatched them, and I was just kind of struck by uh, the very western, westerny sort of elements of it. You know, just with the sort of weird future replacements of like the that kind of aperture door that opens like a camera shutter. Uh, yeah. That kind of stands in for the swinging doors of a saloon, you know, and stuff like that, yeah. where you're like, oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> Except that this would happen with the swinging doors, you'd pinch your finger. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. The swinging doors, you could at least duck if there's a problem. But those. Uh... Well, it was, it was funny too because yeah, I mean, it was so spaghetti western the first season, mm-hmm. and then the the first episode of the second season was so obviously western cowboy Indians kind of a thing going on. I went, oh, they're keeping up that, and they said, nope, that was our big. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Fair yeah. Enough. We're not going to be quite as uh, Western for the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, I missed, yeah. and I missed the Western elements in the episodes where they were just in space or on a planet. That there's one episode where the when he meets the um, the Gina Carana is that her name? Gina, anyway, the actress who plays the jump the jump fighter or whatever, and um, and she, and I just I just felt that show was maybe it might have been the show itself too. I felt it was kind of a so so episode. And I, but I wonder if I felt that way about it because it was it was missing those Western elements I had been enjoying so much, you know. How about the uh, jail kind of jailbreak from the first season? Did you? I did like did the, I did like that one a lot, but that you know, but that's something that you could transport into any genre, and it you know, like it's it's not really set. It could it is it's not necessarily set in space, you know. It could also be part of like a Western, you know, story of a jailbreak. You know, you could have that in any kind of. Uh, so I didn't really, I didn't really feel that was much of a break of the tone that they'd set through much of the season. Mm-hmm. I like the, I liked it, the elements of a person who's, you know, uh, so deep in their faith and that's all they are, mm-hmm. and then having uh, kind of uh, realities and other things like constantly it always being kind of stretched and broken and to the point where yeah, it's, it, 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 it's very, very different in a very different place, you know, at the end than it was at the beginning. And I've always mm-hmm. kind of had that problem with the Jedi, too. It's just like, uh, I don't, I don't think this is a healthy religion either. And, uh, <laughs> and so it was at least seeing someone just, you know, put uh, family before, uh, uh, you know, that kind of thing, and, mm-hmm. uh, and the obsessive, the obsessive type of uh, religion. Yeah, I mean, as as kind of, um, I mean, I guess, I mean, in the original Star Wars, the 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 Jedi elements are very very vague. So you kind of fill it in in your own way. You don't you don't think about it very much. And as as Lucas kind of kind of uh, filled it out more, it to me it became more unpleasant. And I guess you know he was kind of going for sort of like a Buddhist idea of this kind of sort of self denying element of of Eastern religion. You know, where the sort of you know you sort of negate the self and you and the idea of oneness and all that sort of thing. 
which I think you is. You want to go like, how's that working out for you? Oh, the universe is evil. Oh, good job. Yeah, so for people who are culturally, you know, of a very individualistic I, uh, kind of self-identity, you know, philosophy or, you know, whatever, how we want to think about it, ethos, it, it's kind of, um, it feels kind of weird and and it feels kind of, I don't know, like the whole Jedi thing to me seems very unpleasant and, you know, because I, I just I just don't trust that kind of self-denial. I think it's very unhealthy. So you just, you're just watching, you just kind of like, this seems very wrong. <laughs> like this whole, <laughs> you can't have sex? Like, how does that help anyone? Well, Bunch of frustrated okay, people with 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 really dangerous weapons. Hooray! I was I was thinking. Okay, this is my nerdy take on that. Sure. Because you know, I always thought like you know, Je- Jedi's can't feel love or they can't you know, it's dangerous. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? That's awful. But here's the thing: if you're a Jedi, yeah. and you've got that little power where you can influence others, yeah, you know, and go like, no, you're not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> well, if you're if you're like in love with someone, yeah. You could influence their mind yeah. to be in love with you. Sure. In fact, that's what I think happened with Anakin. But but you know, because you have that ability to influence minds, ethically, no, you can't fall in love with somebody because you could may have them do things that they would not want to do. You have an influence on them with your power and you trade your power for you know, you either get this power or you have that. You can't mm-hmm. have both because yeah could uh, take away their free will and that is unethical sure but i mean you could say that i mean it doesn't have to be like a supernatural or mystical power i mean anyone in power has has the power to do to do evil through their influence uh that d- it doesn't mean that power is necessarily bad or that people shouldn't have responsibility or that people shouldn't have emotions case. like then should politicians not have emotions because they might use their power to to uh you know influence people around them they might use it to to have well, sex, the they might if, use it to to. If you, yeah, but if you if you're a Jedi, yeah. and you get mad, lightning shoots out of your fingers and you <laughs> kill someone. Sure, that's the thing. Sure, if you are basically making yourself a loaded gun. Yeah, and so you've got to at all times be aware that you are a loaded gun, and so that's what. Like, I don't like it. Like, I don't think it's healthy to be a Jedi. Don't be a Jedi. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I, no, I, no, I, I see, get, I see your I point. I see your point, but I think in the in the in the story in the in the world of Star Wars, you have no choice. You are born with you are born with these powers, and you have to you have to you have to navigate that. Yeah, if you if you if you, if you believe that if you go with the prequels, yes, but if you go with the other, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, you can I, pick and choose. Yeah, I don't, I don't much, I don't much care for that. But you know, what are you going to do? Well, I think, but I think even in either case, they do make make they do make uh, a point that there are adepts who are better than others at, at you know who have the force. Not everyone is equally powerful, and so I just you know so I think it's it's there. There's the the possibilities there that you and you could just sort of go off without meaning to you know kind of like. Like your Carrie or something like that, you know. Yeah, or the I Hulk. did. Or the or the Hulk. He was born that way. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. <laughs> no, he, was right. born. he wasn't born that way. Or, or was he? Time for uh-huh. you, you know what? Maybe. Who knows? You're right. But I like that. Uh, I like what they did with the uh, the child, and that uh, you know they said like how old the child was, and he's fifty. Yeah. Which is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's like, and he has been trained. So, you know, the, these abilities, it's not just like, you know, he's born, he's got these powers, and they're just going nuts. 
you know, he's uh, he's been trained. My my thing again with Anakin, you know, uh, and, and the prequel story where it's like, uh, oh, he didn't have a dad. It's like, of course he had a dad. He killed his dad, and then anytime anyone showed up, he went like, oh, I never had a dad because he's using his uh, abilities. And they're like, oh yeah, he never had a dad. And to the point where people are just saying it, no, this guy never had a dad. I was like, what? What are you talking right. about? Yeah. He's like little kid in the Twilight Zone. Where say, oh, isn't it great you did that awful, horrible thing? It's good that yeah. you made that bad thing. <laughs> yeah, he's a little Damien. Yeah, he's got these he's got these dark powers, you know? So, you know, and then, uh, what's her name? Uh, Amidala shows up. He's like, oh, I love you. You know, I love, and then next time she shows up, hey, I love him too. It's like, well, does she? Or, you know, this guy's got some abilities to make people, mm, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> And I guess the nice thing about The Mandalorian up to a point is how little force there is in it. You just get the sci-fi elements mixed with, with a kind of Western uh, element, or, you know, Western kind of theme. And you don't get a lot of, uh, you know, I guess just, yeah. just, a, just a child itself has, has very kind of uh, instinctive or primitive kind of force abilities. But it's all... <laughs> stealing cookies and, and what have you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How frustrating, though, to be 50 years old and still not be able to enunciate words and only make baby talk. How frustrating <laughs> is that? But understand everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a shitty deal. <laughs> I, yeah, I do, I do like the idea that, you know, you can go in this universe and not know about the Jedi or any of that stuff. Just like, no, you're just going about... It's a big universe. Yeah. You know? It's the same thing with Han Solo. It's yeah. Like, well, why yeah. didn't Han Solo believe in this stuff? Cause, yeah, because you, you never encountered it. So, yeah. well, like you never saw, uh, like, because it, it feels like there's Jedi's coming out of the woodwork and they're gonna wave a hand and someone's floating. It's like you're not seeing that. There's okay, fine. <laughs> the guy that shows up at this bar on the regular, that's a Jedi, you know. Well, but okay, whatever you say. You know, what guy shows up at the bar? Arm. What guy shows up at the bar as a regular? Obi Wan. Is he a regular there? I assume so. He's like, uh, this place. It's a big uh, bunch well, of... That sounds like, it sounds like he's not part of that place. He he totally uh -huh. exaggerates yeah. what it is. Right. So a guy... Okay. So like I'm, he's like I'm, some I'm, old, so... you know, some country bumpkin coming into the big old city. Well, this is no, a terrible place. Is... You get murder in every corner. No, that, is, that is an ex. That is an ex complaining about someone. That's someone going just like, oh, this place. <laughs> This is a shithole. You don't want to go in this fucking place. Well, this guy used to go in this place. Before. No, I, I, out, I, I don't. Or, you know, something happened. You don't say that about a place that you don't. Care. Well, you've obviously never heard someone from Kamloops talk about Vancouver, if that's what you think. Kamloops is a place of scum and villainy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bigger place than scum and villainy. No, yeah, if you listen to someone talk who comes from like Castlegar or someplace like that, and they talk about Vancouver, you'd think it was Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, no, like but he lives there. That's the thing. Like, but he doesn't like, live his in house is, his house looks down on this place. Like it's not far away. He's not like one town over. His house he looks was... down on it. I don't know. He walked. They took the lens. They took the land speeder. Who knows how they, long they went. Know, they took a car like <laughs> over there. Yeah. Like, he goes. You can take a car from Castlegard to here. It doesn't mean it less make it less scary for people who've never Do been to Vancouver. You and McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. didn't stop off for a bunch of drinks at that bar. Of course he did. Why do I think that? Hello, hello there to everyone. Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> I don't. I don't pick up. I don't pick up a a, a bon vivant from uh, from his character. But okay. Really? When he comes oh. in, 
most of the characters go, Ben! <laughs> do, do, do. What's going on, Mr. Kenobi? Or like, what's going in, Mr. Kenobi? Give me a beer. <laughs> you know who my least favorite character is now, though? This just, just popped into my head because of that cantina and how many times they've revisited yeah. the cantina and similar cantinas is that big, giant ant makes no Makes no sense to me. The big giant ant plays cards. Has he got a ship? What is he, is he wearing? Does he carry his money? What is he doing? Yeah, does he just order sugar water? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he has a huge cube that you can't see in the other part of the booth that he just <laughs> picks at. Yeah, I don't like the giant ant character. He's stupid. <laughs> You're anti-ant. I love. Well, I, 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 yeah, I like yeah. That they don't have. They don't let droids is where they draw the line. It's like, you know, no droids, their kind aren't in, allowed in here. And yet giant ants are? Like, <laughs> everything else? Like, you know, this place has ants. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't want them over there sitting there playing cards. Like, this is bad. There's a cockroach that's just coming out of the bathroom and zipping its fly up. <laughs> but no, droids, we don't want those filthy want droids. Yeah. You, know, you know what, though? It does make sense to me now that I'm thinking about it. Because droids would take up space that could be uh, used for drinkers who would make you money. So droids are actually a waste of space in a bar. Yeah, I guess. That's, the, right. yeah. That's why I can't take my vacuum cleaner to the bar. To the bar. <laughs> Get that Roomba out of here. <laughs> yeah, we don't, want, we don't want Roombas here for atmosphere. <laughs> you Roombas are going out the door or through the window. First, clean up the glass around this area. <laughs> You know, you know, character. I thought you were going to say like an actual character from Star Wars because the character, the character that I'm most fed up with is C-3PO. I am sick of that guy. Why? I just find him so annoying. I don't know. It's that whole Prissy Butler routine is just lost on me now. I enjoyed. I guess I enjoyed it as a kid. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I. I have no like positive memories of C-3PO, but. You've broken Tony Daniel's heart. I know. I, I know. Maybe that's maybe knowing how seriously he takes that character. I just, it makes it even worse for me. It's just like his whole life is invested in this dumb thing. Like, oh, my God. Poor guy. Well, I got to go with C-3PO and that uh, he's not wrong. C-3PO, every step of the way, absolutely correct. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. Good point. Yeah, yeah we should leave. I... We should. <laughs> like you just ended up. I don't know. It's just. It's just like the worst. Like he'd be like the worst friend to do anything with, you know. You're like, hey, let's ride our bikes on this big hill. Oh, I don't know. That sounds kind of dangerous. I don't think we should do that. Oh, brother. No, you shouldn't. You're a robot. You shouldn't ride a bike. No. You're right. <laughs> I'm talking about a friend, not a robot. The odds you know, of sliding on the gravel at the bottom and tearing your pants up is 100 to 1. Come and tell me the odds, creepy <laughs> Why? Don't you want to take No, I don't want to know the odds. I just want to do it. I don't like condoms. They don't feel good. I want to have fun. Ugh, fuck that guy. Yeah, and he didn't wear a condom and then he made a force of evil. Good job, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> What's the odds? What are the odds? Oh, yeah. Master David, no, don't ride that bike down a hill. Every step of the damn way. Uh, <laughs> you know what? No one likes the guy who's right all the time. <laughs> well, apparently you don't. I don't. That's for sure. <laughs> Screw that guy. And again, if they had just taken a moment to stop and talk to CTPO, yeah. or figure shit out, he could have gone like, oh, Darth Vader. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that guy. 
could talk to him. Sure, he could have. Sure, he could have. Because those movies were, weren't written on the run. And he would be the guy that would they were all planned out. Killed his father when I was. Uh, when he, that's why he built me because he killed his father and he needed the father figure. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you guys know that you're both his kids, right, Leia, uh, Luke? Oh, and you know your brother and sister, right? Because I know that. Yeah, you guys are brother and sister. Oh my God, did you kiss? Oh shit! Yeah, I, you should have talked to me earlier. But oh, oh, what? Droid no. Droid doesn't know anything. Enjoy your incest, sickos. <laughs> and you know who else knows is R two D two knows the whole story as well. R two D two knows everything. <laughs> but he's he's cool. Is he? Yeah. R two D two is cool. R two D two is a cool friend. And C-3PO is the <laughs> stick in the mud, dead, like, who wants to know that guy? What a loser. Uh-huh. Funny thing with uh, R2, too, in, in, in uh, Star Wars, of yeah. course, uh, only C-3PO can talk to him, but by the second movie, everybody can have a good laugh with R2-D2. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. It's really yeah. weird how everyone speaks English to, you know, other people, and then it's like, or other creatures, like, that's right, <laughs> he is wearing a hat. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Like, did you even try to like say it's like that? You rude prick. <laughs> and so on. Anyway, th- there's flaws in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah his, na- his name is C3PO. That, that is a problem. I liked. I did like the end of again. Man and the Mandalorian seemed to do a parallel to the end of Rogue One in a way that I liked. There was like very similar scene of uh, everyone you know, died. Uh, where. Uh, no, uh, no, well, ugh, to that. But like the, uh, oh, I like that. What what Darth Vader does and what the uh, Jedi that shows up does, very similar scenes, going through hallways and kicking ass, and uh, and, uh, and and quite quite similar. And then uh, a reveal with a CGI face that isn't quite there. Yeah, that's <laughs> that really uh, that spoiled it for me for sure. In a couple of ways. One one I was just kind of like, ugh, can't we like escape the past? But also, uh, yeah, just that whole uncanny valley of it all. You just kind of like. Yeah, I didn't like. I didn't like the CGI face. I liked what happened. I was like, oh, that, they did it, and that was great. Um, so uh, I was pro the the plot point, mm. but I was not pro the. Can't you make the faces look right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a uh, yeah. It was funny because at certain angles, I thought it did kind of work, but there was one particular angle that it didn't seem to work. And it almost looked like the face was behind where the face would be. And I think that's what bothered me. I mean, it's all two-dimensional because I'm just watching it on TV. But there was still a sense to me that was like, no, that's that's on the wrong plane. That's, that's an inch wrong. <laughs> and shouldn't you move your lips when you talk? Like, there's just a... Hey, there's a baby you're looking for. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah. The other thing yeah. that I was thinking, and I, I was gonna, I was, I was actually gonna Google this, and I thought I don't want to even go down that rabbit hole. But it's, it's sort of frustrating, especially after all of the films and all of the other offshoots of this. And now you mentioned that that great thing at the end of, of Rogue One, and then the great thing at the end of this is it almost feels like, uh, and this would be interesting. That's why I think that's neat. What if you, you have the Force, but you can only ever do the thing you do with the Force once because they. <laughs> But you never do it again. You never mm. saw Darth Vader pinch a guy's neck again. 
you should be doing that all the damn time. <laughs> all the damn time. Sometimes they'll hit a guy with a lightsaber. Sometimes they'll just push him and knock him down. But they'll never push him and knock him down again. Or they'll pull him towards you. Yeah. And they'll punch him. But they'll never pull anybody else towards you and punch them again. Only once did Kylo Ren make a guy cling to the ceiling and fall to the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the secret of the Force. You can do anything you want once. So you've got to really choose how to use it. Huh. Well, this, the secret of the Force is, if you've got the Force, you got no problems. You could do a million things right now. But we've got to, like, you know, stall the plot a bit so the movie isn't three minutes long. So, I don't know, why don't you just wave your hand and influence? Well, sometimes minds are stronger. Are they, though? Like, okay, fine. Like, like again, Obi-Wan doing his slicing the arm off at the cantina. Because it's like, you know, oh, my friend doesn't like you. I don't like you either. And then uh, Obi-Wan sl slices his arm off. You know you could do that Jedi mind thing where, like, <laughs> I have to pee now. Yeah. I've got to go use the bathroom. Oh, is that my wife calling me? I've got to go. You know, but nope, slicey army. It's like, you can influence them. They're drunk. Do your baby hand. <laughs> That's fine. Sure. No, you like to cut an arm off in a bar, and then no one cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> this is the time of, of scum and villainy. You're the only one cutting off arms, you asshole. Yeah, but you know, you can uh, look. Uh, there's, there's uh, guys here that are criminals. Yes, we're looking for them. You're looking for that guy. You have an appointment with him. You're the worst person in this bar. By far. Everyone else is just drinking and listening to the jazz combo that are in suits. They're wearing suits. <laughs> worst bar. Well, you it's... Jabba the Hutt is down the road and he's, he's got like a slave girl dancing over a pit of a beast. How is this the worst joint in even in the neighborhood? Yeah. Ah. Every, every, everything we say just... Everything we say just underlines the fact that it was all written on the fly and no, there was no grand plan, you know. Well, that sounds like how most stuff is. I'm sure. Yeah. Listen, it's all based on the old Republican serials. And, you know, and there's no way those guys had a big grand plan when yeah. they were putting Flash Gordon together and just like, okay, here's how we're going to unfold this drama. It's like, no. What happens to Flash at the end? Uh, they tie him up. Okay, good. What's the next one? He gets untied. Love it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff. Oh, yes, sir. Well, for the. I mean, we've nailed it. It practically writes itself. How are we going to get Buck, the Buck Rogers thing? I don't know. Cast the same guy from Flash Gordon. Sounds good to me. Why not? <laughs> Why not the same guy? Yeah, why not? Sure, that's fine. Is this an actor? Can we tie him up? Yeah, of course we'll tie him up. I love it! This guy knows how to write. <laughs> that's science fiction. Wait, I've got an idea. What if he's on a block of ice and you don't know how... Shut up! You you're you're fired. <laughs> Get that guy out of here. Two minutes of my time. You don't deserve two minutes of my time. Remember this, for Drama later, and then write something. <laughs> Throw an encyclopedia at him. He's black and brown. <laughs> Till he pisses brown. Hit him with encyclopedias until he pisses brown. How's that for a dark twist? That's, that is very that's dark. Very dark. That's very dark. Put some ice on that. 
What I just I always like the thing of funny thing about Star Wars is that we want to we want to talk about them as movies, but we also want to talk them talk about them as reality, which is so funny, right? Like Jason's point about the Force being only used once, which obviously it's done that way because the people who are writing these stories realize how boring it would be to have like one character just throwing everyone up and down against the ceiling and floor. Just do that again, like six or seven times through the movie. Like I really like, I really like the John Wick films, the first two of them, but I have to admit, I'm I get kind of bored by the fight sequences by, you know, like there are good ones mixed in between, but like by this point, you're kind of like, okay, I get it. He shoots people in the head with a gun. Like, okay. But he just says it over and over again. Everyone gets shot with a gun. Like every every person. A slow knife in the eye. Yeah, that was better. That was like a good twist, right? <laughs> you're like, oh, a knife fight. This is nice. And oh, and they put an axe into this. Ooh-hoo-hoo. But yeah, most of the time you're just like, oh, he grabs them, shoots them, shoots them, shoots them. Then he yeah. shoots someone else, and then he shoots them as well, and then he shoots, 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 and then he shoots away. And you're just kind of like, okay, like this was really exciting in the first movie. Besides the that dumb part in the middle where he gets ca- ca- captured, but now you know, like it's just you're kind of bored of it, and I just think like. You know, yeah, you could like repeat those same Jedi tricks over and over and over again, but you know, like how boring is that? I mean, and you know, it kind of goes to Ian's, I think, justifiable complaint about films with magic in them, which is that it's <laughs> it just makes it too easy, right? Yeah. Like, as soon as you introduce a magical element, like well, I can, rules, yeah, the rules are arbitrary. Yeah, yeah, I can change people's minds by waving my hand and 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 you know distract them. Well, yeah, like then that just takes away any need to do anything at all. Then, like he could just go through yeah. like the entire movie, like just waving his hand and making people forget what they're doing or whatever. And so it just becomes it's it's a convenient plot point in one moment, but then it becomes like an anchor through the rest of the your story because it's you know it becomes this thing that they could be doing all the time, but it's not dramatically pleasing. You know, like the when you know, like I can I can only judge Star Wars as. A grade five kid because that's how i saw it and that's how i like to remember it and so you know when he cuts off that guy's hand in the bar i'm not like why didn't he just jedi mind trick him i didn't think that all. i thought oh that's cool he took out, his, took out this thing and he cut off his hand that's really that's neat you know i wasn't like criticizing this this plot element of like you know but when you look when you treat it like it's a a universe like a reality and also as a movie it's really yeah. difficult because then you are you have two different criteria you're judging it by, you know, so you're judging it on its dramatic arc and its ability to tell a story and use the three act structure and all the rest of those things that are important, but also how real is this and how much continuity is there in every aspect of it. That's like a reality when it's not reality at all, it still has to follow like dramatic rules, you know? So like, you know, you just don't want to have like the boredom of the same thing happening over and over again. It almost feels though with John Wick, that it's like a musical number at that point. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. we're starting the musical number, and yeah, yeah. the dancing, and like, sure, sure. oh, and Gene Kelly never falls down. It's like, yeah, well, he's, no, he's never going to fall down. It's, just, it's a musical number. It's just going to go. And it's like, you either enjoy yeah. the musical number or you don't. But it's not, yeah, really, yeah. he's never going to get hurt. He's not going to lose a leg. He's not going to get an eye taken out. Sure. It's just like, it's what it is. It's going to be, here's, here's a choreographed scene. Enjoy! Yeah. Or, or don't. But, you know, at the same time, you're not going to go like, when you're criticizing a, a musical, you don't go, well, why did he strap garbage can lids to his feet and dance with those on? He could just dance with his shoes. There's no reason for him to put garbage can lids on his feet. Like when he danced and singing in the rain, he why didn't... Why is he singing in the rain? Yeah, he yeah, yeah. That guy's going to get a cold. Like, you, you just can't, like, you can't apply, like, real-life criticism to things that are, you know, and then, and at the same time, you don't go, like, 
oh, he's just he's just doing a tap dance again. Like Fred Astaire is just tap dancing again in this movie. You know, like, oh, he's just doing the same thing he did in that movie before. This is totally boring. Like that's like it's just it's a weird criteria to bring to to your criticism. But we do. But we do. You're right. Here's my here's my I'm sorry. I'll just say really super fast and I'll get I'll let our guests talk. I'm very rude. Um, <laughs> here's all, I just didn't want to get this out fast. Uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, get into any spoilers about Wonder Woman 84, but I'm, all I'm going to say is this. Every time she uses her lasso and throws her lasso out, yeah. the next time you see her like immediately afterwards the lasso is nicely tied up on her waist, like all roped up nice in circles. Yeah. And it's just like, nope. And it happens over and over and over again. And it takes me completely out of the damn thing. It takes me completely out. Like, oh, so she just took her time and just like, oh, I'm going to get the rope in the nice shit. Put it back on my waist. Oh, well, time to use it again. Sure. But that shows you the problem, though. Like, it, you know, practically, how much fun would it be to watch wonder woman over and over again re rewinding her her lasso and like carefully looping it into a into a convenient you know thing but and then no time passes in the scene i i know i know it's really it is I don't know, of course it's silly you know but back to jason jason your thoughts on lasso oh, it was just it was just <laughs> the, the comparison to these to uh to the choreograph uh, choreography to, to 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 do the fight things because in the mandalorian which I, again i love but I don't need to see the thing anymore now where you shoot a guy behind you without even looking at him. That's yeah. Yeah. the first three times, but not, not all, not uh, all the time. Not every fight. Yeah. Yeah. And now the danger that I find with, with the Mandalorian. And again, it's only a little slight bolt because they've, they've given him that armor that you, you, you can't uh, do anything to. Yeah. So every fight scene that he's in now, God, it, it was more likely when the thing happened where he got punched and punched and punched in the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My biggest concern was that he would die of old age <laughs> as opposed to get hurt. It's like, what, at what point do I, I don't care anymore. And you've got the thing. So here's a thing that this, the only thing it can, it can cut through anything except for that. Let's make these two guys fight. So well, he's not going to be able to cut through that. And he, <laughs> yeah. And he hurt him with this. This is only going to end one way. Jump ahead now. Yeah, <laughs> I my wonder. Other, my other big sorry. problem, of course, is uh, how, how do you shave that that weird mustache look you got there going on? Just like you got to keep the mustache, but not have a beard, and just like, and you never take the thing off. Well, he does, but yeah. you you never take it off in front of someone because they do show in the the planet, the forest planet one. He does take off his mask to eat, and the camera doesn't show him, but it shows his mask sitting beside him as he's eating. Yeah. You, you just can't take it off in front of other people. It's kind of like okay, uh, it's then, it's kind of like a um, it's kind of like a, a Mormon with their underwear. Right, but if the, if no one ever sees <laughs> exactly, you can't take your underwear off in front of people. Uh, if you can't take uh, okay, so so you you're wearing this uh, mask all the time, no one sees you, but you decide to grow a mustache, but just a mustache. <laughs> that's a you know, weird, that's a weird thing to do, right? Sure. But you are wearing you are wearing a, a armor that it's all mirror, so you do want to look good when you take your helmet off, because you're going to see a reflection in it as you lower it in front of your face. You're yeah. staring right at your own mug. Like if you, you're probably thinking, you know what? I look better with a mustache. I'll give that but a you try. You should have a big raggedy ugly beard. Why? Who fucking cares? Right? But no, he's got like a wants... nice styled mustache but... and like what? What do you? When did you do this? But you don't want to have like all bristles. You don't have a bristly thing and then have it all squished against your face 
an old sweaty feeling. Blah. He is he is good, by the way, in Wonder Woman. I'll tell you that. Is uh and is the Mandalorian in Wonder Woman? What's that? Is the Mandalorian in Wonder Woman? Uh, the, not technically the Mandalorian, but the actor who plays him is. Yes. Pedro. Pedro Mandalorian. Yes. <laughs> Pedro Imenes. <laughs> no. <laughs> my name. My name is Pedro Imenes. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's in it and does not have a mustache. Hmm. What a choice! What a what a brave choice. <laughs> yeah, it's a mistake sometimes when you grow a mustache for those movies. Because he had a it's mustache a in The Kingsman, too. I didn't know he was in The Kingsman. He is he is the villainous American Kingsman. Oh, good for him! Good for him getting to work. Yep. <laughs> yep. Book those gigs, Pablo. Yep. Book them. Book him when you can, because, well, you know, he, he did Narcos, and that kind of brought him to people's attention, and then after that, it's kind of, it's all gravy. Yeah. Netflix really recommended Narcos, uh, no matter what I watch. Oh, no, I know. It was so crazy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you enjoyed this cooking show? You might enjoy Narcos. Have you heard the good word about Narcos? <laughs> <laughs> Do they wear underwear? <laughs> He's not Mormon. <laughs> I don't know. He's Mando, not Mormon. That would be interesting if he does go door to door knocking on people. Hello, and it's just like him and Boba Fett are together, and just like, have you heard about the good word of uh, Mandalore? Well, uh, please. Oh, what? no, we're not. Uh, you don't have the option to shut the door. I'm sorry, I made you think that you had the option to shut the door. No, I'll I'll murder you if you don't listen. So Mandalore. I'm sorry. I'm. We're celebrating my birthday right now. <laughs> Are we happy that Boba Fett is back? Yes. Can, no. Can you tell me why? <laughs> oh, um, uh, because that was a... I didn't like that... Uh, okay, here's the thing. Um, yeah. uh, I don't like the idea of anyone dissolving for like ten, uh, like a thousand years. That's like a... Uh, need. Don't like it. And then later on when you make it that uh, we see him as a little kid and like the only reason he became this was because, you know, he saw his dad get killed in front of him. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that's that. I don't want to see it all. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I thought they uh, handled it uh, well, and uh, I, I like that. So that was that was me. But your 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 opinion is also valid. You know, it's not to... even that I. I think what has fascinated me about the Boba Fett character is because I only knew him as we all originally knew him from the movie. I never read a book at the same time, and so even as a kid. When people were fascinated with this guy, I was always like, but he's the bad guy. <laughs> and he yeah. should die in The Return of the Jedi because he, remember, he hurt Han Solo. I wanted to say to people, they're like, oh, no, he's so cool and his ship's so cool. I said, what, did I miss something? He's only he's in the movie for five minutes. He catches the hero and freezes him. He does not, though. I mean, Darth Vader freezes him. And then Darth oh, Vader gets, gets a nice uh, deathbed repentance. Uh, gets to go to Jedi heaven with his pals. Yeah. So it doesn't seem fair that like Darth Vader, who's done all this evil, you know, and then the guy who's working for Vader gets a thousand <laughs> years of uh, digestive juice. Uh, well, being, that's, that doesn't seem like that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> it doesn't seem even, fair. Even unlike unlike the rest of down. life, unlike the rest of life, it doesn't seem fair. It's a a but, thousand uh, years slowly being dissolved. <laughs> that's not fair. But. Uh, but he wouldn't have been because he had the Mandalorian armor on. <laughs> well, we didn't know it back then that that was any good. And by the way, he's not going to live a thousand years. Yeah. Yes, he so, is. So really, it's only going to be forty years of of. No, uh, no, it keeps you alive. It does not keep you alive. Yes, it does. How no, does it, it does keep you alive? How does it do that? It keeps you alive. It keeps you it keeps you functioning because it's slowly like it's basically like an insect 
that's like keeping you alive to like lay your eggs in in, in you. It has the ability to keep you alive. But it doesn't keep you. It doesn't keep you artificially alive past your expiry date. Yes, for a thousand years. Yes, that is how the Sarlacc pit works. Yes. Who says that? Really? Who who would I who could I tell you says that that you would then believe? Because I can tell you any name that you want right now, and they, they agree. Who who would you, who would work for you? Lucasfilm? Yes, they say that. Oh, huh. yes. I didn't even know that. It's a All weird. Right. So that, it's kind of a weird thing. But he's, but it, it, did I? It, I feel like I missed a reel out of Empire Strikes Back <laughs> as to why the children of our at our at our time period were so like. I got to have the toy oh. for this guy. Who's yes, for here's why the toy came out first, though. Okay, but yeah, here's what. Well, the cartoon came out first, then the toy, then yes. Um, what uh, cartoon? It was a Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, and I guess right in the Holiday Special, he's hate, and he's a bad guy in that, and not enough for me to go. Oh, I hope I see more of this guy, but I, <laughs> I missed it. Here's how. Here's how it worked. Was if you were buying the toys as you were at that time, yeah, you would send in, uh, you know, proof of purchase from I think like five or six of them. And that's the only way you could get Boba Fett. So Boba Fett was a real special toy that if you had Boba Fett, whoa, how'd you get that? Yeah. Also, oh. Boba Fett had no backstory. So as a kid, you make up your own backstory to Boba Fett. So Boba Fett then becomes the coolest character because it is your story that you have projected into this nameless, uh, or not nameless, but historyless uh, uh, character. So that's why all the kids love Boba Fett so much. Because who knows what this guy is all about? He's just cool looking, and he had like uh, a jet that like shot out and took your eye out. Oh, it's pretty great. <laughs> okay, I, I buy that because now you're all excited that you're going to see him in the next movie and see what happens to your favorite character, and he gets bumped accidentally, and <laughs> thrown into the Sarlacc. <laughs> yes, okay. I did. I did like that they redid that in Mandalorian. That like uh, Mando does know that this is a shitty. Uh, backpack and gives him a little bap. I was like, ah, yeah, it's, it wasn't Boba Fett's fault. It's just a shitty backpack. Good stuff. Yeah, no, that was cool. Well, now, now I, now I am excited. Now I'm even more confused as to why he did what he did, what he did. But that's for uh, next December. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I did like. Okay, here's one of the things I did like was, and I'm not going to say what happened at the end of the whatever. But I, I'm glad, like, finally someone freed a damn slave. I was happy about that. It was like, because that's my one big beef with Star Wars, is it feels like no matter who you are, good guy, bad guy, everyone's like, eh, slavery, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, Skywalker has droids who are slaves. They're, they're slaves. You know, they're sentient. They can feel pain. And they're forced to work uh, for him. And we're all cool with that. And that guy is the best guy in the galaxy. You know, mm-hmm. and we're all fine with that. And then everyone else is super good with slaves. Uh, and then finally we have someone in the show that's like, hey, uh, free the slaves. Like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and it's Boba Fett. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, it's Boba Fett. Yeah, I just... Well, he's a guy who knows about slavery because yeah. he looks like uh, infinite slaves. That have, uh, you know, I don't know what happened to those particular slaves. But, uh, you know, and, and that's also the thing in the new Star Wars, you know, where they go like, uh, where you had Finn. It's like, well, how'd Finn become a stormtrooper? Well, he was captured as a child and uh, forced to be a stormtrooper. Oh, so they're slaves. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, you should free those guys. No, we're just going to shoot them. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? You just told me they were slaves. They were child slaves. 
What do you do? What do you mean we're gonna shoot them? Free them! Ah, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, you think <laughs> someone would have like podcast that uh, what's your name does? I can't remember what it's called now. It's the, the one half of uh, of uh, Garfunkel and Oaks, right? I think it's her. Yeah, and somebody else, and they 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 were not Star Wars fans at all, and they're uh, what, probably born in the nineties. And so they were going to watch them each in order of release, and then they were doing a podcast about it, and I forget what the hell it's called. And I wanted I started to listen to the first one, and then one of their first questions was, why do the stormtroopers have armor? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah. shoot them, and the shoulder, the head, the knee, anywhere, <laughs> it does not work, and they fall down dead. Yeah. They fall down dead. I was like, oh my god, I never even realized, <laughs> I never even realized that when you shot a stormtrooper that he actually died because yeah. of the... Uh, of the arm without with the arm. Yeah, as if it, is it does nothing at all. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, I don't feel it's like that in the first. Is it like that in the first movie though? What's that? That they just Where? you shoot them and they die. Well, they that's sort of what happens. Yeah, there's a little black mark appears on them. Like, ah, die. <laughs> or they fall off stuff because there's no railings. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. Get themselves concussions. Uh, it's yeah, a, what you get, what you get is like that. The Empire does not care about life. So yeah, they don't care. Yeah. Like they're wearing armor just for the look. Yeah, I feel like it's know? more of a more of a yeah yeah it's a, an aesthetic thing. Yeah, it's not. It's cheap. You know, they're cost efficient, and also there's no point to put railings up because they don't <laughs> care. If they fall, we'll just clone more or whatever. We'll just make, <laughs> get more people. Yeah, they don't more. care. Yeah, just get more. It's fine. Yeah, they they hired the they hired the uh, imperial version of Hugo Boss to design those star, storm stormtrooper and uh, cost. It looked uniforms. great. Yeah, they look great. Look, yeah. Oh, 100% they look great. Did I say they didn't look great? They, look great. <laughs> they just don't do they anything. Some of the black ones, too, with the white, and it's just a nice design. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a crisp, good look. I mean, it doesn't work, but it looks great. <laughs> Maybe that's why it doesn't work. It's actually not even made of anything that's. It's just made of, like, just the cheapest garbage they can find because they just have to. You have to uh, uniform so many of them. Yeah. So conducts lasers. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That was that was in the first meeting. He's like, okay, this stuff looks great. I just want to point out that it actually conducts electricity. Isn't electrical? Isn't resistant? I'm like, that's fine. But it's gonna kill everyone. Anyone who is touched by electricity, they're gonna die. No, no, that's okay. That's fine. What's the cost? That's the real question here. And how does it look? It looks great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we asked them to bring their own from home. What? <laughs> so, like, stormtroopers have to make their own armor? Yeah. That's the only way you get the gig is if you bring your own armor. <laughs> oh, my God. Could they do that? Well, I don't know. Cosplayers can, so why couldn't they? <laughs> Good point. 3D printers for everybody. I, yeah. <laughs> I do like that in uh, one of the ones from this season where uh, the Mandalorian has to just wear, like, regular armor. And uh, and he's fighting people, and it's like, oh wait, this armor's shit, and it's, <laughs> it's actually getting hurt because yeah. he's yes. uh, used to being in the perfect armor. <laughs> and in yeah. that same episode, another great example of the Empire's un- uh, unhappiness with their workers, where to turn the thing off, it's it's on a platform with no railing over a lava pit. <laughs> yeah. you, really want, you really want to turn that off? <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you put it on the console over here? No, no. got to climb on this. That's on the far side. <laughs> there has been so many write-ups about that from from WorkSafe. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, you look in your, and again, I'm not the biggest Rogue One fan, 
But like they have the thing in Rogue One where like uh, the guy put a flaw into the Death Star, you know. So I'm sure the same designer went like, "Don't put railings up there. Just take all the railings <laughs> out, and, and we're just going to knock off a couple of these guys just from safety violations. <laughs> make the stairs super slippery, super fucking slippery, <laughs> and make the toilets too small. Just just make them have a hard time. Yeah, just a little too. Make the put the put the sink too close to the toilet. Yeah. And the doors, yeah, the doors, when they shut, they have a crack that's just big enough that you can, like, see right inside, so no one feels comfortable taking a poop. That's right. Like a rest stop bathroom, they're only, the doors are only, like, four feet high, and people can peek over the top. Yeah! And what is with that damn crack that's just like, what do you need that for? Stop it, just solid clothes, that's what you need. <laughs> anyway, we've solved we've solved all the problems of the uh, Star Wars <laughs> universe. Good. Yeah. Someone had to. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Alderaan. Rest in peace. <laughs> so, so, Jason. So Dave, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, you, I, you, I was going to ask. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask my quick question, and then yep. you can ask something that's sensible. <laughs> did uh, did you did you make the eggs Dedrick this morning for uh, Boxing Day yourself? I did not. Okay, very good. It's a Christmas thing. It's a Christmas tradition, so I made it yesterday for Christmas. Oh, very good. Okay. I thought it was a Boxing Day. No, uh, no, 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 no. Boxing Day is a rest day. No, Christmas morning I made uh, eggs Dedrick, and uh, we decided it was just the four of us, so I didn't didn't go crazy. I didn't make waffles this year because there's just not enough people to keep the fun rolling. So, uh, and normally we have at least, normally we have closer to 10 Mm -hmm. people for, for brunch, but this year it was just the four of us, so I... Kept it very simple, but yes, I did make I did make the the eggs Dedrick myself, and uh, and actually I gotta say this year I think because I was, wasn't cooking for many people I was really efficient. But we um we uh, I went it's funny last week I I, I wrapped all the presents mm-hmm. and I was just like I was kind of like I don't want to say panicked, but I was kind of anxious then because like normally my tradition is you know Christmas Eve night. I go to two church services because I sing at the two services. So in between, we do a, a fondue. So we did our we did our Christmas Eve fondue this year, but didn't have the services. So that was kind of sad. And then, and then I would normally we get home about you know like I don't know eleven o'clock eleven thirty from the from the service, and then I would start wrapping presents. <laughs> so then I would wrap mm-hmm. into the late night, and then I would go, normally go to bed like three thirty four in the morning, and then get up at eight uh and get the day going and so i wrapped all the presents so so then i was like what am i gonna do christmas eve night like i don't have church i don't have presents to wrap this is gonna be like so dull but i still ended up going to bed at, like at 3 30 in the morning i don't even know what i was doing <laughs> i just was like putting off going to bed forever and then I, f- I finally put all the presents under the tree and then i, I went to bed and uh and then I woke up, I think I set my alarm for 7.30, so I woke up at 7.30, and then we started the day. But we opened the gifts, and then we went over to Lisa's dad's house, where her brother and sister-in-law live. Because they were leaving to go up to their cabin at, at 11, so we went over there early to just to pay a visit. So we just, But we just did like an outside visit. We stood outside the house, and they stood in their doorway, and we were wearing our masks, and we just you know, did a little Christmas uh, get-together and talked and stuff. And then went back home. Then I made breakfast. We ate a we ate a we basically had a breakfast lunch because we ate at lunch, and then I got the turkey ready. So I made the stuffing and and stuffed the bird, and then got that in the oven. And then we drove over to my mom and dad's. We did the same thing. We just did a 
out, you know, outdoor meeting, just to wish them a Merry Christmas, and and then uh, drove back home, and then we uh, we think we ate around seven thirty, because I got the turkey in kind of late. This is sort of a late, you know, once once we visited uh, Lisa's brother and sister, uh, brother and sister in law, that or that kind of took away the my morning prep time, so everything kind of got attenuated through the day. But it was good. It was a really nice dinner too, and the the stuffing turned out nice, and the turkey was good, real nice juicy turkey. So that was good. good. Yeah, it was really nice. And then um, we didn't watch Soul. I didn't realize that was uh, free. I, I, I might have suggested other way. We watched Jojo Rabbit because um, Eve wanted that for, on DVD. So we watched that. Yeah, also also good. Good choice. Yeah, so that was fun. And then, um, yeah, and I've been in... I don't know what I've been... I don't know... Well, I know why I got obsessed with it. Because when we did... A, I did a listening party episode that was all Halloween songs. And one of those songs was, was this song done for Barnabas called Barnabas about Barnabas Collins from Dark Jeopardy or Dark Shadows I should say Dark Shadows yeah, the old the old kind of very strange kind I like of... Dark Jeopardy is in like a really vampiric uh, version of Jeopardy <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you better answer those questions right or question those answers right um, then uh, so I found it's on this this um, service called Tubi T-U-B-I okay it has Dark Shadows on there like it has it's strangely cuts out the beginning of the the se- the show and kind of starts with the arrival of Barnabas Collins which makes sense cuz he was like the turnaround of in popularity of that show it was kind of like not very popular and kind of sinking in the ratings and then they introduced this character and then the show took became really popular suddenly and continued on for four or five years but it was a daily soap opera um but it was a gothic soap opera so it's you know there's ghosts and there's vampires and and it's a very strange but- but interesting show and so you know but because it's a soap opera it's like a lot of people standing around in the same sets talking about things so it's very strange but i've somehow become obsessed with it so i've been watching it for a while now i think i'm like i've watched eight episodes they're half an hour so it's not like it's killing me but but yeah it's very uh strange show and uh yeah so that's what i did quite till the the wee hours last night is that free that service or is it, it is free? It's, it has ads in the in the shows, so it okay. pl- it plays for about ten minutes or so, and then there's a few minutes of ads during which I just kind of look at my phone, and then when the show starts again, I, I pay attention, and then um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's no good. It's just absolutely no good. <laughs> but it's just it's fascinating because it's just so weird. Like it's just so, like why did this exist? Like an afternoon, I assume it was an afternoon soap opera because it's a soap opera. It was on every day. Yeah, and it's a half an hour everyday show that you know I guess women could iron to, and and yeah, and you know it's just made on the cheap, so it has you know the the house set is basically like the the foyer, or as they call it the foyer, the foyer, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I guess a I guess kind of a dining room set, and that's it. They go up these stairs, but you never see the upstairs. There's a crypt set, there's a bar, and that's it. Those are the sets so far that I've seen. And, and you're right, it was on in the afternoons. It was like, a, okay. it, it aired between like 7 a.m. and uh, 5 p.m. So the, the, it's a very strange, and so I've just become sort of as a cultural curiosity. I noticed on this show, Tube, on this channel Tubi, they do have like packaged collections of Dark Shadows as well, where it's like a, it packages a storyline. Okay. 
and so I could watch those, but I'm actually just watching like the complete run. And then they also have one that is the it's called the beginning. So I assume that's like the episodes that I've missed that kind of introduce the characters. And I maybe I should go back and watch that, but I kind of feel let like me, I don't know. Let me ask you this then. So so because it's a soap opera. Yeah. Are are there other things like a guy's like worried about getting fired from work or? Another guy's cheating on his wife, and she might catch him. And then we keep cutting back to the vampire story. And then it's like back to just like, I don't know. I don't know if that guy's really my dad. And then then back to vampires. Like, are, well, yeah, standard, I mean, okay. Standard soap opera shit. And then uh, every third plot line is, I'm a creature from beyond the grave. <laughs> so, so, um, the show, I, here's the thing though, I don't know because I missed the beginning. Like, I missed the first six months of the show. Oh, that's okay, but like. So I missed 180 episodes or whatever. Understood, but the ones you're watching, is it all vampire start to finish? Or do you then cut to someone's having trouble at the office with his new boss? No, there's no. And there's then back to the yeah, castle. Yeah. There's none of that yet. So, like, tuning into the show, it seemed like you got introduced to the family. There's, there's the. Joan Bennett, who who people who who have seen Suspiria might know as one of the the dance teachers at at the studio that that uh, Jessica Harper's character goes to, uh, she plays like the sort of matriarch of the family. There's her daughters there. There's a a tutor for the son for this young boy in the family named Victoria or Vicky. There's Roger the fam the uh, who's kind of like the son. He's like a businessman or whatever. And then there's another guy whose name I can't remember, Jason, who's an Irish guy who somehow knows Joan Bennett's character and seems to have something on her, but I'm not too sure what it is or what exactly that relationship is there. But apparently he has some sort of sort of love-hate relationship between them. And then there's another guy named Willie, who's a friend of Jason's, who's kind of a near-do-well bad guy, who in the past shows has done something that makes everyone mad at him. But he... Learn something about the family, which is that this uh, this, this uh, old you know uh, person, like this old uh, member of the family, Barnabas Collins, who died 150 years ago, was buried with all his jewelry, and so he becomes fascinated by this story, and then he decides he's going to break into the crypt and and find these jewels, and so then what he does though is he awakens Barnabas Collins from the grave because he finds this coffin that's been cha- padlocked and chained up. And he takes all the chains off of it, and he releases Barnabas Collins. So he frees this vampire from 150 years in a coffin. And so that's where Barnabas comes from. So he has just sort of entered the show where I'm re- watching it right now. And so he's kind of feeling out his place. And uh, and part of it is Willie has now become kind of the the, harking, hark, the the Harkness character or whatever, you know, from Dracula. The one character becomes sort of his slave. Oh, uh, Renfeld. Renfeld, that's right. Sorry. And he is... So he is... Um, He's kind of become the Renfeld so far. That what I can tell, he seems to be in in the in the in the thrall of, of Barnabas Collins. But in every other way, Collins is really nice. Like he's really nice to his family, and of course, everyone's like remarking on his his strange resemblance to this painting of Barnabas Collins. And you know, he just kind of puts that off as as you know, oh well, we're related, of course, so we do have a family resemblance. And uh, and of course, no one goes. Aren't you a vampire? No, because of course they're. He says he's from England, and they're all like, "Oh, I guess he's from this yeah, other part of the family." Vampire England, it's the same actor. Yeah, yeah. Like so. So actually, the actor who played uh, Collins, named Jonathan Freed, he was a, a Canadian actor who came to the show, and so he's doing sort of a Canadian English accent. And uh, and so yeah, he 
So it's it's just a really kind of weird show, and I'm kind of curious because I know that like the going there, eh? Gonna suck some blood today, eh? Gonna take a holy sacrifice on the patio. That's right. Hey, once you get over here, give give her. That's right. Thanks for letting me out of the out of the. Oh, I really appreciate it. Oh, geez, get this steak out of my heart. He's from he's from he's from Letter, Pennsylvania. So. Oh, gee, eh? Oh, that's right. yeah. oh, it's friggin' daylight saving. Oh, well, that's my immortality gone. <laughs> so, yeah, but apparently there's like this crazy, um, there's like a crazy, like, huge plot about how Barnabas Collins became a vampire, like the curse and all this stuff like that. It's told later on. So I'm really kind of curious to get to all this later developments of, of nice. like the historical past and things like maybe as the show became more popular they got a bigger budget so they're able to have like different sets and things like that so i'm hoping i'm I'm just really kind of curious about it this is sort of a a weird thing like just a weird time period well, if you want an unpleasant uh hour and a half or so yeah uh, watch the johnny depp version i have seen the johnny <laughs> depp version actually i didn't okay. i didn't hate it i didn't i didn't say you'd hate it it's just kind of weird hates a big word it's just kind of it's a sort of strange. It doesn't really it doesn't really have the spirit of the show, which is much more serious. Yeah. If one can be serious about this, you know, it's just it's like a it's like a, a gothic horror show. Like it's just it's about like a dark and mysterious house with a mysterious past to it and and a, a family history that's troubled, you know. And the, there's the the Collingswood house, and then there's an older broken down house that's nearby. That apparently that's where all the troubles were and stuff like that. And that's where Barnabas wants to live in the last episode that I watched. And it's just a kind of a weird, weird show. I, I, I you know, I'm not going to recommend it to people because really, it's my own, it's my own uh, lunacy that's that's making me watch this. You know, I'm just like that guy from Soul. I have my own obsessions. But uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just weird. And if people are curious about it, like I say, it's on Tubi. And if you don't want to like invest, you know, uh, the time into watching four or five years of the show, like I say, there's a couple of film like like two hour episodes where they've like packaged together storylines from it okay and i assume right. that you know those are probably some more pleasing but i don't know because i think part of the charm of the show is it's kind of threadbareness which is part of why i like uh doctor who as a kid was that the cheapness of it was part of its appeal okay. to me you know what i mean like it's kind of fun that the guy is a monster but you know his monstrousness is the fact that he has green bubble wrap on his hands you know <laughs> Something sort of appealing about that, you know. It's it's more about imagination than it is about just throwing money at things, you know. He's a monster, but he's broke. <laughs> he's a monster, but he's broke. He's the thriftiest he's monster. To lose. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You know, you, monster. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's sort of appealing too. Like, I mean, if you have to rely on your on your story or on your acting or whatever in order to get across what you need, rather than on just throwing money at a problem, you know. Yeah. You know, that's kind of appealing too. Like, so it's, it's kind of fun. Like, you know, what, like what, you know, like the original Star Wars, what makes that charming is the fact that it's, it's full of problems that they just kind of had to like half ass in some cases to get, to get, make it all work, you know? And that's part of the fun of it. So you, you, you're, the limits are what make things interesting sometimes. How many episodes are there actually of it? I mean, did they do? I don't. You know, I assume a lot. Uh, Ian, you had it open. I don't know if it tells you what, how many. I don't well, think. Let me, it, let me, uh, I'll tell you. Yeah. I will tell you exactly what you want. Sure. To know. My heart's probably going to sink when I find out. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Uh, 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 1225. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, I don't think I'm going to get through it all in a, at all ever, but, uh, it went from uh, 1966 to 1971. Yeah. And the song called Barnabas, which is kind of like a bubblegum, a kind of rock bubblegum song. It's really fun. Uh, it's from 69. So I assume that's like the height of Barnabas Collins mania that somehow has, <laughs> somehow has escaped us as like a continue as a, as a, as a, fad that you know traveled forward into the future you know we dismissed it. it wasn't it wasn't repackaged in any kind of appealing way for us as kids i do remember dark shadows being on tv when i was very young but of course it was incomprehensible to me at that age so i just remember it as a as images not as a anything coherent yeah and uh, jonathan free didn't really do much uh besides that except for a movie that scared the shit out of me as a kid uh, the Devil's Daughter. He did that in 1973. Is that the uh, one where she points at the water and goes, "That's where the fish live"? I'm not sure. I think I it just was. Know it's the one where Abe Vigoda is a, de- a demon worshiper who like uh, surrounds this uh, woman and is like, "Hail Diane, Princess of Darkness! Hail <laughs> Diane, Princess of Darkness!" And Shelley Winters is in it. Oh, okay. And Diane I, Ladd. I just remember there being like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode where they did a movie i think called the devil's daughter and there was a scene in it where she's like on the estate of this in this kind of fancy house and she points to the this pond and she goes that's where the fish live it's like wow so if you can what, call it living <laughs> what a conversation starter it was like the time i was i was up at adam's up at, a, at, at in adam's river for this the socket for the run for the salmon run like when they're coming back up you know to spawn and uh this lady was standing behind me and she was looking down at them and she goes Fish like the water. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, wow. Yeah. It's their choice. <laughs> they don't like like the water. <laughs> I think they love it. I think they really do like it a lot, but okay. And then you turn to her and go, what about flying fish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's just kind of a you got f- me there, and then she turns into a mermaid and jumps in the water. It's just one of those funny <laughs> moments. I think we've all said, like, dumb, obvious things in our lives. Just because you're trying to keep a conversation going. I mean, I'm, you know, we podcast. We must do it sometimes. Yeah, no, there was a famous one uh, in our little group of friends years ago. Uh, somebody had met a new girl and had brought her out for breakfast the first day. And someone was asking her questions. And she wasn't really paying attention. And she said, they sure do give you a lot of fries here. <laughs> she said that for years. Whenever <laughs> <laughs> in a lull of the conversation. They sure do give you a lot of fries here. <laughs> yeah, the sort of, that sort of helpful conversational gambit you know it's yeah she maybe thought it she might have thought it would have more you know possibility to oh maybe to spark conversation get him we all would stand up this is unacceptable (laughs) she wasn't asking one of you cheapskates to give her some fries from your plate right and you're all just like ah you guys got a lot of fries huh (laughs) like maybe too many that you could you know i'm hungry share them with person where, no. where, where were you guys eating at the Fresco Inn? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, no, I think it was. Geez, what's that? It was out here in Langley somewhere. Uh, God, was it a Denny's somewhere? Oh, I don't even remember. It was many years ago. <laughs> yeah. Was it, it Frytown? Uh, <laughs> home of the bottomless bucket of fries. <laughs> it's all all fries all the time. 
at yes. a short-lived restaurant chain called Fryer Tux. <laughs> it was over here in Langley. It was all food. Yeah, yeah. Fry buffet. When you went there, you said, can I have the French fries with a hamburger on the side? It was a place <laughs> called TG. It was called TGI Fries. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Thank you very much. So the place, the place that used to be you're talking about on uh, used to be on Davy Street. Was that called Fresco? Was that the restaurant? The Fresco Inn, yeah. Fresco Inn. So there is still a Fresco Inn in Surrey, right? That's correct. There used to be Cita Two Thousand. I think it's not going to name like that. I don't know why, because it was owned by the same people, and why they wouldn't yeah. like just duplicate the name of the, the restaurant on on Davy and bring it out to Surrey, but they renamed it as as City as like Cita Two Thousand, something like that. Cita Two Thousand. And uh, yeah, the home of the gross, gross mushroom burger. <laughs> I'm not looking at the Fresco Inn restaurant. Like, there's a Google virtual tour of it. Okay. That you can walk through. Sure. And I'm just like going through. Yeah. There's a lot of elderly men. <laughs> yeah, it's it has a definite appeal to a particular audience. The Davy Street one is not there anymore. No, I know uh, it's many, gone. Many, many years. Not gone. Oh wow! I just—it seemed like it was never going to go away. Yeah, I no. There Somebody told me it was the biggest burger in town, so we went to have a, a huge, crummy burger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice big thing of red juice. Huge <laughs> bucket of red juice. <laughs> yeah, they didn't say it was the best burger in town. They said it was the biggest burger of town. Oh, no just, one's ever okay. said it was the best burger in town. That's never happened. <laughs> Do you remember when they used to have posters like people would put up things on the? On like uh, telephone poles saying, "I got food poisoning at the Fresco Inn." I do not remember that. Were they trying to start a? Were they trying to start a case? A, uh, trying to get a? I don't know, but it was. They were everywhere to the point where it became kind of a kitsch thing, uh. where people had them that on shirts. Yeah, yeah. Like it was just like a thing, which is like, "I got food poisoning at the Fresco." And That's it was funny. Like a cool thing to to, to have a, uh, Yeah. I mean, I like to eat there when I was a a young, like a teenager. I remember going there after we did a. A school play or something like that. I remember going to eat there, and uh, I don't know what grade I was in when that what happened. But anyway, yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it seemed fine, and I did like. I got, a, conf- I got confused when I was there. I didn't know the system. There's some weird system. They had to like get a thing and then get another thing and then go up and get a thing. <laughs> yeah, you had to get a tray. Like, I, I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I got yelled at by you know people <laughs> that were mean. <laughs> well, no wonder you didn't like it. <laughs> You're right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It was because it was kind of like a buffet. It was like a buffet, a buffet, but you had to but, order at a counter. And yeah, went yeah. To the table. Yeah, you yeah. got you got a tray. You got a tray, and then you walked along with your tray, but you didn't actually get any food. You would order your whatever you wanted, and then you would get you would a disgust food. Yeah, you get a drink. You could, however, take a dessert. Like so, they they'd had a, like a really good tapioca pudding there, for instance. So you could grab that if you wanted it and put that on your tray, and then go down. and You get a drink, and then you'd you also order your entree, and then you just sit at the table, and they would bring it out to the table because they'd okay. give you a number when you paid yeah. for it. And uh, yeah, and it was you know it was what you wanted as a as a young man, which was just like a huge amount of food, and it didn't really. Yeah. It didn't matter that it was like garbage that it was just like shoveling into you oh it was garbage it yeah was, yeah it was incredible garbage and and yeah and then someone would yell a catty comment at you because you didn't know how to order a burger right but at the, like, at, i don't need this but let me say at that time it wasn't it wasn't that bad like it got worse as as time went on and now, now i think it's it's probably really terrible but when i went there as a 
kid. Like their mushroom burger. I don't like mushrooms, so I, it's just gross to me the idea of their mushroom burger. But it's literally like a burger underneath mushrooms. Like you order the mushroom burger, and then you get you get like a pile of mushrooms. And I guess but you look, if you if you liked mushrooms, yeah, that yeah. sounds good. Right? Yeah, no, no, exactly. Like if you like mushrooms, that's like that's like a mush. That's a great mushroom burger. And um, people who like mushroom burgers loved their mushroom burger. It was like it was really good. Like it was well cooked mushrooms with a good with a good patty, and they had good, nice bread and stuff like that. And I do think it went but downhill it was, over oh, time. It looked like a pile of mushrooms when it, when it, when it came to your, to the table. Yeah, yeah, it was like so many mushrooms. It was just insane. <laughs> Like they really, I mean, I think the idea of the restaurant was to to give you your money's worth. You know, like yeah, a lot of restaurants, you pay a lot of money to get like fries and stuff like that, and then you just get like nothing. You know, and their their idea was, you know, you're gonna get a burger, you're gonna get a burger. You want a mushroom burger? This is what you're gonna get. Like you're gonna get more mushrooms than you ever thought you would ever want to eat in your life, and there probably is we more want here. Girls to say they sure do give you a lot of mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna. It's, it's like a lot of their foods were the kind of ironic punishments you'd get in hell. It's just like, <laughs> oh, you like mushrooms, do ya? I'll eat all the mushrooms in the world. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Sin-based restaurant. It also yeah, is a. And, and then if you don't, the drag queen next to you will yell at you. <laughs> like I don't need this. Oh, so I you're, don't need yeah. this. You're at the old. I never went to the Del- the Davy Street one. I only went to the Surrey one. Oh, well, I think we had very different experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my experiences are a bit different than yours. Because I, fa- I went there as a family. We went there as a family. I went there with uh, friends. I went, I went there quite a bit with David M. We went there a lot. Like, was this a good place to go? Because it also was open late, so you could go late at night. You know, so you'd be like 12 o'clock at night. You'd be like, oh, I feel like having a burger. Let's walk down to, to, to you know, see the 2000 or Frisco Inn. Um, and then it's also a scene of great, a great teen... Humil- or embarrassment for me. I feel I really let down my brother there as well because we went there. He was part of like the stage crew for a play that I was part of, and we went there. And so I should have been his protector. I was the older brother, and then I kind of became friends with some people there. And in my defense, at this point in my life, I had no friends because I was kind of the friends I had had moved away, and I had trouble making friends. And so I was sort of, partly because I lived with one foot in Coquitlam, so I wasn't often around on weekends. So so my friends, I had friends in Coquitlam, but then I had tried to make friends in Delta, but I was never around to see people on the weekend because I'd be sleeping over at friends' houses in Coquitlam. And so um, I made friends at the, at the restaurant, and like, and so I was like super excited by this. And they're like, hey, you should come with us. We're going to go to this place, and blah, blah, blah. And so... My brother Cam was there too, though, and I was just like, oh, Cam's here. So I went over to Cam and I said, hey, would you mind if I went with these people? Um, you'll be okay, right? You can catch the bus home, uh, which is how we got there. So he's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I'll be fine. I'm like, okay, cool. Okay, great. So I went left with these people. Then I discovered that Cam couldn't figure out how to get the bus home, and he walked home from Surrey Place Mall oh, all, the way back, all the way back to where we lived. And I felt so terrible about, you know, it's, like, it's one of my... I'm, I'm blushing about it now because I just feel like I let him down so badly. I mean, he agreed to it, but I feel like he agreed to it in a way like, yeah, because maybe. But oh my God, you're leaving me to you're leaving me to hang here, Dave. So yeah, it was uh, one of those sort of things where you're just so excited by something, you know, you just all all of the human uh, responsibility leaves your your you know you just become like a amoral uh, vampire creature. So, <laughs> so yeah, I just. Cameron Collins. <laughs> it was, I was David Collins, yeah. So yeah, I just left and, you know, became, you know, and then found this kind of new friend group, which was exciting for me because I, like I say, I was kind of, I was kind of uh, hanging 
uh, just hanging there with no, no friends, you know, it's just a painful place to be as a teenager. And, um, and do, are, you, are you still friends with any of that, uh, what I'll call your silver group of friends? I would say I'm still a queen. One is silver and the other is gold. <laughs> okay, go uh, yes, that's true. Uh, no, not two, uh, not still friends with one of them. Okay, so so it was worth almost killing your brother. All right, that's it was worth, I don't know if it was worth it. Yes, yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was just. It was kind of a bad. It was a bad thing to do. Like I should have been more responsible and stayed there and decided to those people. You know what? Maybe another time we can get together, or whatever. But you know, you just have that panic of if I say no, that this is like the yeah. last ch- time anyone will ever offer me anything. Cut loose. So I just left him there, and then and really, it wasn't that hard. Like you just had to walk, like basically across the street. <laughs> from the restaurant and catch a bus but yeah i you know when you're when you're young and you don't really know how buses work like i remember as a kid standing maybe for two and a half hours at the wrong bus stop because that's where i i was where i got off the bus so i just assumed that's where you catch the bus and it turned out that's just where the bus dropped you off it's not where you caught it and by the time a bus came and i like tried to get on the guy's like oh this is not where you get on it you have to go over to that bus stop over there i'm like oh but at this point, it was like two and a half hours later, and I get back to like. By the time I get back to I like my, your reaction would be going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, what else can you say at that moment? And you just clutch your pearl and slowly back. <laughs> oh no! So I had to go across and go to a different bus stop, and I waited there. And then by the time I got the bus, I think I told you the story. I I didn't tell you how I came to be, but I, I was walking home from Scottsdale Mall quite late at night on a Sunday night. And of course, my mom and dad were phoning my friend's house. But, you know, because where was I? They had dropped me off at the bus stop two and a half hours earlier. It should should have taken me, le- you know, an hour to get home. And so they were worried about where I was. And I, and I was like walking home in the dark on this Sunday night. And that's when these teenage boys stopped me and bullied me into like kneeling in front of them and, and praising them as my master or something like that. And, uh, which I did because what? I was like in grade seven and I didn't want to get in a fight with uh, with these right. grade 12 boys. And uh, there was like six or seven of them. You know, and at those days, kids look younger to me now when they're when they're like grade 12. I mean, not just because I'm older, but in those days, like kids often had like beards and mustaches and stuff like that. And so everyone looked like hockey players or something. So, you know, they just had this like older look to them. And you're just like, I do not want to get in any kind of trouble with these kids. Uh, one of whom was later in an armed standoff with the police, so I was probably right to not uh, to not oh, wow. get in any kind of uh, mix-up. So I just like did whatever they said, and then they let me continue on my my way. And yeah, I got home, and my mom and dad were like so relieved. And then they had to call my my uh, aunt and uncle and tell them that I'd got back and it was okay. It was all worried. It's okay. I had my book of lists to read, so it was fine. And let me look. Uh, missing children lost on bus. Oh wow, that's, that's a lot from our neighborhood. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, right in the time. Of course, this is also in the time of Clifford Robert Olson. So, uh, of course, it yeah. Is. Now let's get dark with this. What, what, I, what I thought you were gonna do, uh, by the way, was like uh, you're like, and uh, yeah, it's, it's my brother, and uh, I feel guilty ever since. And then you then you're taking that turn that people sometimes do. Or it's uh, it was just across the street. He could have caught the bus. He really should have caught the bus. It was his fucking fault. They didn't, I felt bad. No, no. Son of a bitch. Just like it's gone. From your guilt no, no, no. To just I don't. I don't blame him at all for this. No, it was entirely on me. I do a little bit. Nope. Yeah, no. Yeah. I was works. a bad. I was a bad brother. A bad older brother. Should have looked after yeah. him. How old were you at the time? I can't recall. Maybe grade ten. 
forgive yourself. It's been a long. It's, it's been, been a long time. time. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think about it all the time. It doesn't haunt me. You know, I don't have like like people. You know, like these faces pointing fingers at me wherever I go. You should have <laughs> should have been there for your brother. Yeah, and all of a sudden, your your Jacob Marley shows up <laughs> with the buzzer uh, like tied around his head. Yeah, it's just like you abandoned your brother. <laughs> Kill the boss. <laughs> DC Transit was your business. <laughs> You'll be visited by three zones. The first zone. I wonder if it was still BC Hydro buses then. Oh, uh, that's that's a good point. Right on the on the cusp there. Yeah. Clifford Robert Olson is what 81? Yeah, 1980, 1980, yeah. So oh. 79, 80, I think, is when he was. Because I remember I was the ta- hydro bus. Yeah, catching the hydro bus because that's who that's who ran the buses at that time. Yeah, and they were powered by water. <laughs> Gravity-fed water. I know, that's another weird thing, isn't it? Because BC Hydro, BC Hydro, which we still pay for for our, our uh, electricity use, refers to the fact that we get our electricity from hydroelectric dams for the most part. <laughs> but isn't it weird that it's like refer, it doesn't refer to the electricity part of it, but to the hydro part of it? No. Yeah. It's powered by the tears of people paying their bills. <laughs> oh my God. This Christmas I'll be doing that for sure. So much. We've been surprisingly listen because uh, we moved into a house. That yeah, we rent, yeah. And we we're like, oh boy, here it comes. Yeah. And both gas and electricity, very reasonable. Much more reasonable. Like we, but it's it's lucky that we lived in a shitty house before that just sucked power. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. It was a completely inefficient, and I think just shot lightning into the sky. Did you did did you have the <laughs> did you have the utility bill delivered directly to you? So you didn't you didn't pay through your landlord? Uh, no, but the landlord would pay a third of the bill because we had someone living upstairs. Oh, I see. And so we would like, give them the, the after we paid our bit. Yeah. Uh, they would. Pay, oh no, we pay it all, and then they, they would reimburse us. Ha 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 ha. Uh, <laughs> the, the third. Ha 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 ha. Um, you know, when they got around to it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Because yeah, they're shifty peats, is what they were. I a friend of shifty peats. A friend at work was telling me about someone. They live in a in a townhouse. So, so Jason, you can maybe you can you can uh, sympathize with this. Sure, I'm a bit of a townhouse official. You're a bit of a townhouse, <laughs> but, but you live in a yeah, townhouse. I'm old Jason townhouse editor. You live in a townhouse, so so you are the you're the one person that will maybe understand that this is crazy sounding to me. But this lady is paying five hundred and twenty five dollars a month for her hydro. Oh, doesn't that seem like a yeah, lot? That does seem like a lot. And she and she executes prisoners in the basement. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Oh well, that's you know that's understandable. Because <laughs> yeah, I think I think our electric bill here is geez, uh, we do that monthly kind of a deal where they kind of average it. Oh, out. they average it out. Okay. And I, uh, I, uh, they have the direct deposit, so I don't even I don't even know what it is. Oh, I mean, but it was only like eighty bucks a month, something like that. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds more reasonable. Because I remember when when we lived in the townhouse, I was paying around. It was crazy, but paying fifteen dollars a month. This is in 1994, of course. So mm-hmm. I was paying fifteen dollars a month for for the the electricity, and we had electrical heat. We didn't have, um, but we had gas heat for our for our um, for our hot water. But we we right. had radiator electric radiators for the heat. And oh, I, hang on! You're right. No, I've I've confused it with the gas bill. You're right. I think the gas is seventy nine or so I was, a month. I think hydro is 
it comes every two months. Yeah, it's probably about twenty five bucks a month, I think, for electricity. Wow, that's that's good. That's decent. Yeah, I might pay way more than that because I run a house, and then we also have two refrigerators and a freezer. So we're like, we'd like immediately put ourselves into the tier two, which is get, we get paid like instead of paying. Cryogenic. Yeah, we have to. Pay to <laughs> I should stop my cryogenic business. <laughs> Shit, too bad for Walt Disney. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Keep things in stasis. Until they, <laughs> until, they, until they find a cure for, for smoking yourself to death. Hang in there, George Harrison. <laughs> you, buddy. Just keep him in that Sarlacc pit. They should have they should show how he was rescued from the Sarlacc pit. They, 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 okay, don't worry about it. Go check it. Just go online. You'll find out. There's there's there, you can see. Oh, is there, is there, a, is there a, already yeah, a plot? plot there's, there's lots. Uh, there's so much. There's so much. I just want to. I just want to get my my Star Wars from one source. Here's what. Well, okay, fair enough. Like, if there's anything that you're like, you know what I'd like to see in Star Wars, just go online. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I just <laughs> oh, mean, I, I just want to see. Yeah, I want to see them talk about it in the Mandalorian. That's what I want to see. Like, I want to I see Princess Leia as a mermaid in a cowboy hat. <laughs> For some reason, I don't want to see that, but okay. Maybe I now, maybe RCG now I do. With uh, human legs, yeah, go just go online. <laughs> so, so you, so you guys, you guys celebrate, you guys celebrated Christmas, right? What? You guys celebrated Christmas, right? In a heathen-y way, I guess. Sure, sure, sure. Let's go with Jason. Jason, did you celebrate Christmas? We did celebrate Christmas. That's good, as we always do, with the, with the weeping and the wailing and the gnashing of teeth. Oh. <laughs> That's... Uh, I know we got the, so I got a sudden so we got got little gifts for each other. Mm. We didn't put up uh, a tree, but then we don't put up a tree because we're afraid that the the cats will bring down the tree. <laughs> so I had the brainwave several years ago. Yeah, it wasn't even a brainwave. It was actually me being kind of an arrogant prick. But I'll call it a brainwave. Sure. There was a hook on the wall, and if you and I and I bought some of those uh, net lights that you would drape over a bush outside. Sure. But they're all done like a net uh, or Frankie. And you would take it. <laughs> oh, boo. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I buried the lead. And I hung it up on the hook by one of the corners, so it sort of hung down in a triangular shape. Yeah. And once you turn all the lights off in the room and plug that in and you're watching TV, out of the corner of your eye, you've got, you've got a Christmas tree in the corner. Nice. <laughs> nice. And so it lit up. I made a, a Christmas pudding for the first time ever because Jamie Oliver said it was easy and I said, Oh yeah, I'll see how easy this is. <laughs> it turns out to be super easy. So what oh, kind of what good. kind of pudding was it? What kind of like a like a like a traditional Christmas pudding? Like a fig figgy yeah, pudding? Exactly. I, I had to I said to Jennifer, Do you want to come and hear the pudding singing in the copper? She <laughs> said, What? And I said, Have you watched the goddamn movie and talking about <laughs> So yeah, no, I, I did it six weeks ago, steamed oh. it all up. Yeah. Then you wrap it all up and you store it in the fridge for six weeks. And then I re-steamed it yesterday and it was... Oh, dear uh, Lord. Yeah, no, it's crazy ass. And it's not my favorite thing, but I did it, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> and it was neat. To yeah. Do. I mean, I... And I made a tortier. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, we just went around. Oh, and then Before you get to your tortier, did you set the pudding ablaze or was it... Or, or oh, yeah, not? yeah. No, we did. We, we dumped uh, brandy on it and uh, lit it on fire and, uh, and Jennifer f- filmed it as we... Threatened to burn our whole townhouse down. Excellent. <laughs> well, now I see why your electricity bill is so low. You you heat by oh, yeah, you heat by Christmas pudding. Yes, we're we're a pudding based economy. <laughs> <laughs> Appliances are run off of flaming pudding. 
smoking bishops. <laughs> <laughs> is that a type of pudding as well? Is a smoking bishop a type of pudding? No, I think that's a, I think it's a punch. Oh, it's, it's a punch. A a smoking, that's great. I like the name of it, though. A stinking bishop is a really good cheese, by the way. Okay, too. okay. Oh, nice. That's one of those one of those things that disproves the whole idea of English food as bland. Um, <laughs> it's not okay. Yeah, it's intense. It's an intense ride to mm-hmm. stink town. But yeah, okay. But but, <laughs> but your tortier. Yeah, tortier. So that's so people don't know that's a meat pie. It's a, a French like Quebec based uh, dining here. So you're you went back east for your t- Christmas tradition. Yeah, we um, there was a book that I read about earlier in the year called Merry Midwinter. And it was like rediscovering the, the I don't want to say it was the true meaning of the holidays, but a phrase sort of <laughs> like that. Yeah. Where it was more like it was trying to get people away from everything has to do with Christmas Day to the point that everything before it is is a chore. And that immediately after it, you're sort of left abandoned by the whole holiday. You got, well, it's now it's just Thursday again and you got to go to work or, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And so in this book, this woman who's a, uh, she's British, but she's sort of headquartered in Wales now. She described all of the stuff that she and her family are forced to do from about uh, <laughs> about uh, the middle of October. Okay. And, and the sort of things that you could celebrate as uh, as in, a, in the Celtic world, the, the, the harvest would have come in. And, and what day did you do this? And why was this day important? Why did you slaughter the animals this day? And why was it so important? Uh, at this particular time of year, when the sun was going to now start to be longer days again, and you could measure it, and it was a the harvest festival and the birth and all of this sort of stuff, mm. and so I tried to stretch out the holidays for us just because it was such a weird year, and so we put up a thing. This sounds sounds kind of crazy, but it was actually kind of comforting. <laughs> called it's called an ancestor tree. Okay. Mm. And so what she does, because she's a little bit wicked, is she goes out into the woods or into their yard, wherever they are in Wales. Yeah. And you ask sort of permission from the tree to take a branch that's going to be suitable. They take it into the house. Yeah. They hang pictures of people that they've either lost over the last year or or you could go whole hog, depending on how many branches. And you could put grandma and grandpa's picture up there and, and anybody that you've lost that's, that's an ancestor to you or has made you who you are. Mm-hmm. And so they have this thing up. And I said, well, that's kind of a neat thing. And apparently that they tie it into Samhain, which is a pre-Halloween kind of, yeah. a, okay. kind of a thing, which led to the more modern Halloween stuff. But she's trying to say, don't worry about the zombies and nonsense. This was more about the, the barrier between the two worlds kind of thinning and how the Day of the Dead in Mexico and all of these sort of things are all tied to this kind of belief system that at that particular time of year which may have may have even have been the beginning of the year at one in, uh, in one incarnation of the calendar that that was like this was the first day of the year or this was the last day of the year or something like that sure. which makes sense again if you're harvest based then you have this dead area so there's various saints days that if you wanted to celebrate them you didn't have to be religious you could be well this is saint celia she's the patron saint of uh, I think Celia is the patron saint of music, and so you could make an effort to watch a music concert or to listen to music huh. or something. I thought she was the patron saint of bread allergies. That's <laughs> Saint Celiac. Oh, sorry, confused. <laughs> and so that's what we've been doing. We've been stretching this thing out. We bought advent calendars. We had a cheese advent calendar. Jennifer had a little fizzy champagne advent calendar. 
we're going to try to drag out the next 12 days uh, with with extra food. I bought a great big weird ham, a Swedish <laughs> Christmas ham that we're going to try to cook. Okay. I'm going to make Sicilian Christmas pizza over the holidays here. Nice. And so we did the torchier and this Christmas pudding as part of this extended holiday uh, event. And it's actually kind of worked out in a good way, but also it feels like it's been Christmas <laughs> since October. <laughs> 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 it was kind of cool to do. Wow, that's great, huh? And so, Ian, for, you you celebrated by buying a really expensive movie. It sounds like. Yeah, we watched Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, put a, we put a we put up a tree. We didn't want to go into the mall, so yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I did order a Pia a paint by numbers set that was very cool. That was way more complicated than I thought it was. Huh. Holy shit! Huh. Like when she actually got, she's very excited about it. But it is big. <laughs> And insanely uh, detailed, like stupidly detailed, to the point where I fear for our marriage uh, later <laughs> on. But she seems very happy with it. That's good. And I got uh, pajamas, so I'm happy. So I got the jam jams. Yeah, I got very some pajamas. I got some pajamas as well. I, I got something you didn't get. Then I also got some ice wine. Uh, That's that was, true. Was very nice that my sister-in-law got for PME. And I made. Uh, uh, didn't make a turkey because uh, you know. I was uh, me and my wife and uh, and and Vicky uh, came by, so I uh, just made a uh, chicken, chicken, some uh, Brussels sprouts with a little bit of uh, uh, bacon, bacon in there, and uh, some stuffing and ah, the basics. It was fine and uh, quite quite tasty and delicious. Over buttered the bird, but who cares? <laughs> what are you gonna do? Uh, yeah, I don't really, I don't put butter on the bird, so. Oh, you butter up the bird. You put butter in the bird. You put butter. I know. Oh, you butter Pe- that bird. People always talk about it, but I, I never do. I just yeah, they talk just about it. it. You know why they talk about it? Because it's fucking great. Eh, yes, yeah. sure, it's fine. Butter that butter bird. The skin on the skin in the cavity in the tray. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, Dave what is this? What is this big butter? Like, yeah, Dave tells a story about like I don't butter the bird. I don't do any of this stuff. Oh, how's your bird? Juicy. How? How the fuck is your turkey juicy? Oh my god, it's so word? juicy. Turkey is the driest thing in the universe. It is no. it's like, ah, oh, it's so juicy. It's so juicy. And it's just like, is it? How? How? <laughs> oh my god. It was Prove just it, it was just it was just dripping last night. Yeah. It's crazy. What do you do to it that makes it that? Because turkeys don't do that. They are the driest bird. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, I mean, I get tons of drippings that come out of it, and and I always baste it with the drippings. And okay, yeah, it's uh, right. it's weird to me. I don't know what I okay. I don't know what I do. I don't know what I don't do this different. I mean, what I, I cook mine at three seventy five. I don't know if that makes All a difference. Right. My mom cooks hers at three twenty five, and I feel like that's too low. And you're dr- you're dr- dragging it out, and I think that can make yeah, it dry. That's, that's cooking with like a flashlight. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Well, it's like, because yeah. my mom went to prison, you know, so she's used to, like, cooking with tinfoil and light bulbs. Yeah, she makes some toilet wine. Yeah, she just does the whole, the whole person thing. So. Goes out, stands a snitch, just for luck. Uh, well, what was this? Nice? Oh, shivs a snitch. Yeah, she, she shivs a snitch. Right yeah, yeah, come on. You're going to get kicked out of prison with using the wrong You get kicked out of the prison union. <laughs> Uh, it takes so long to get into that union. All the things you've got to do. Well, let me ask this as one of our questions of the week. Uh, sure. You, you guys out there, am I wrong? Like, uh, like, do you what? First of all, like, what do you what do you cook for holiday dinner? And uh, and sub question to that, you could put that as part of this one. 
is turkey dry? Because to me, it's dry. And maybe mm-hmm. you have a way of like avoiding that. Yeah, Dave, it's somehow, called gravy. As a miracle bird, he does not add butter or anything to, and yet is a is a is a, a tasty non-dry turkey somehow. Yeah, I mean, I could get testimonials from my family, but I don't know. No, no, I get, I get that you live in this weird bubble <laughs> that, like, somehow your turkeys <laughs> enter your yeah, home. Yeah, here in Aldergrove. Like, yeah. I feel that here's what's happening. Yeah. I think your family uh, is, loves you very much. Yeah. And so what happens is when you leave the room, they all have little gravy injectors or something. <laughs> you shove into the bird and just, like, yeah. let Papa think bird is juicy mm. and uh, or butter or something and they and they they fix the bird when your head is turned and you've gone to get stuffing from the other room oh i'm not gonna say you're, i'm not gonna I say you're wrong yeah 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 i don't know how this goes. they do love me so it's possible no, oh, your family <laughs> loves they're, they're humoring me it could be it could be the case oh, okay uh so i was gonna i was gonna say one more other th- oh i was gonna say jason this is a, your field of expertise i think which is that eve eve decided she was going to make an Aperol Snap, I think it's called. Okay. Or an El- Aperol Seltzer. Do you know what Aperol is? Oh, no, it's an Aperol Spritz. Spritz, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. There you go. See, I knew you'd know. Which, yeah. it's a very appealing looking liquor. It's a, it's yeah. red. It's like, it looks like, um, it looks like Kool-Aid, basically. Yeah, it looks like somewhere between red and orange Kool-Aid. Yeah. It has such a vibrant color to it. Yeah, yeah. And so she, um, she also had some Prosecco. Is that a thing? Yep. Okay. Italian sparkling wine. Yeah, so that the Aperol Prosecco and then some some homemade seltzer. We have a soda stream, so a little seltzer in it. And uh, yeah, she said it was pretty good. She put an orange slice in it as well. So I was impressed. I was like, I was like, oh, you should listen to the the gentleman of elegant leisure. But here's the thing, uh, it seems like you guys stopped doing the show. The last time I listened to one was way back in was it June, July? You did one. Uh, yeah, I think that was it. Was uh, it did not uh, survive COVID? The, the, the show got COVID <laughs> and did not. Here's what happened it was kind of COVID, weird. you've gone too far. <laughs> I didn't mind all the rest of the stuff, but this is too, this is a bridge too far. <laughs> Back in late January, I'm gonna say, I was yeah. having coffee with uh, one of my co hosts there, Dave. Yeah. Not to be confused with you. So if nope. I use the term, you'll have to r- realize it's a different day. Sure. Let's make that clear right now. But Dave is the closest to you in that he's not really the drinker of the crowd. And so he sure. sort of had his was the interesting take. So so Dave and I are having coffee and he says, yeah, uh, we're thinking of uh, selling the townhouse and moving back to White Rock. And I said, oh, really? And I'm sort of sad about that. Yeah. He was my friend that lived out here in Langley so that was it's trouble <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and then a couple of weeks later we were having coffee again so now maybe early February sure and he said uh, I said oh you have thought any more about selling the house he says oh yeah no it's on the market we have two showings today and I said oh my god and then the next week we were having coffee and I said uh, uh well any any offers on the house oh it's sold yeah no we're moving <laughs> <laughs> really keeping you in the loop here <laughs> yeah we're moving in two weeks. And so he was like, so I guess that's oh, the wow. end of the show. And I was like, uh, yeah. So then Fred found out. And Fred was actually a little bit uh, pissy, pissy about the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> because Dave was now like, well, here's your glassware back and here's your cocktail stuff. And Fred's like, well, we're still doing the show, right? And he's like, mm, not here or not. And so we managed to scrape out one more show uh, probably about the week before we went into our into our version of lockdown yeah. In, in, yeah. In, in March. 
And and so at the end of it, Dave was like, well, I guess it's the final episode. And Fred was like, well, no, no, it's not the final episode. And said, well, I don't see how we're going to keep doing it. He says, well, microphones travel. So there was this little interchange with that. <laughs> We wrapped it up. We could barely do it. They packed up all their furniture and stuff. They yeah. were living like almost in an in a in a like the the house looked like the Grinch had just come through and <laughs> taken everything down, <laughs> and hooks on the wall, nice. that kind of thing. Nice, and, nice, uh, nice, timely reference. Thank you. We went out to the car, and uh, I, I said to Dave, "Well, it's been a fun thirty years, man." He says, "Well, you're going to come out and visit me in White Rock," and I said, "I, I don't, I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> And the, the next uh, day was a Wednesday, and Fred had said, uh, hey, do you want to go for, for lunch? And I said, I texted him back and said, you're not really good at global pandemics, are you? <laughs> and, he, and he wrote back and said, well, I don't have it. And I said, that, that, that's what everybody said. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. And so that, that, that was it. It just it, it ended as abruptly as that. And then we tried to do a Zoom version. Fred was desperate to, to get it back together to do a Zoom one. I said, all right, well, let's try to do one of these. Sure. And uh, in a show, and this is just me being stubborn, actually, but it seems to me that in a show where you're going to make a cocktail and then share it with two other people, yeah, that you really got to be in the same room to do it. But mm. he soldiered on. We did it in two parts. He made the drink. Yeah. And filmed it, and Dave and I made comments. And then the following week, he delivered the drink to me at work and took it to Dave's house. Ooh. And then we opened it up as we recorded the second half of the of the show. And because it was being uh, on on videotape or whatever, however Zoom records, yeah, you're, everybody's constantly cutting out and cutting over the other person, so there was no way to get a, a cohesive <laughs> conversation out of it. Yeah. And then this showed my my pathetic narcissism is because all I could see up in the corner was me. So now I keep making faces at the camera, you know, like I'm like I'm fucking up, I'm screwing around. And I'm like, well, so then I've, I've become aware that I'm doing that. So now I just watch because I'm used to watching YouTube or, or movies or TV. Yeah. So now I watched Dave and Fred have a conversation and I just sat there and I thought, <laughs> oh, this is going to take some practice. <laughs> and we uh, that's it. We. Uh, we never did another one after the the, the Zoom version oh, in sorry. July. That's too bad. Yeah, that's too bad. Did you did you ever yeah, make when, did you ever make an Aperol spritz during the during the run? I of think shows? we did because okay. when, when uh, Jennifer and I went on our trip to Italy because I, I was it was the home of the Aperol spritz. That's all I drank. <laughs> I would say, "Give me an Aperol spritz." Ha! Huh, that's funny. Yeah, the weird thing about Dave, like you say, Dave's a non-drinker, but the weird thing about Dave. It's his reaction to the drinks are totally different than mine as a non-drinker. Like my reaction is, what is this swill that I'm putting in my mouth? Like this is absolute. Why am I drinking paint thinner? How am I still alive? But he's he's like yeah. everything that you guys make. He tastes it and he goes, oh, this is pretty good. Oh, I like this. Yep, yep. For the most part, sometimes he would have the. If anybody was going to have anything negative, it would it would have been him, or he would have said, this is maybe a little bit too much like wine and not enough like a cocktail. Okay. Mm. Or if it was if it was too bitter, he wouldn't care for it. Yeah. Yeah. But part of the problem for me, as I became disillusioned with the show a little bit, is, uh, and this is, ties right into the, <laughs> into the Star Wars universe of, or the choreographed fight scene of how, once you've had a uh, hundred cocktails, they are all the same after that. Yeah. Even when they're different, they're the same. Yeah. I know that gin does not taste like rum and rum does not taste <laughs> like scotch. But if you make me a cocktail, it's a mixture of three things. Yeah. I, I get it. 
it's, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah, and I think in, in life, most people have their favorite cocktails. Yeah. And that's kind of where you where you live, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's probably like 12 major cocktails. Like if you're going to say a martini or a, or a rum and coke yeah. or, or, or something with tequila or, or a, a salty dog or a Moscow mule, you could narrow it down to saying, this is all I really need now. Yeah. Put a lemon in there with some rye and some soda and that's my cocktail. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it seems yeah. Anyway, well, it's too bad. I guess uh, yeah. I th- I think I think your original idea for the show, which was to kind of create a, a a hook to hang a conversation around, that's maybe unrelated to the cocktail. You know, and the cocktail yeah. is part of the part. You know, sort of like the reason you're there, but not the reason you're talking to each other is yes. maybe yes. more interesting. But the problem is, is that if you're trying to like create a conversation around around drinking something that's pretty much the same every time. <laughs> and it's just consists yeah. of you guys smacking your lips and going pretty good. <laughs> yeah, look, look, that's much harder, I think. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, well, uh, yeah, it could be. And then, and then sometimes uh, the conversation, even when it did go on, you ended up with uh, I don't. I, that's not the conversation. Not the conversation that I wanted. Yeah. Uh, Fred is a is a big Indiana Jones fan. Okay. And so to the point that he anytime I would say, well, I don't think the show is working. He says, we need a MacGuffin, and I would say. Stop using the Indiana Jones MacGuffin <laughs> excuse for this. We're not going with the MacGuffin. So the cocktail is the MacGuffin. And then the conversation we have is the adventure around it. Yeah. I said, this is the <laughs> Indiana Jones movie because the MacGuffin is always the same. And, and as, as I think I told you guys, too, sometimes you get to the point where the conversation would be interesting, but then Dave who was thinking that it was a cocktail podcast would say, anyway, <laughs> back to the drink. And you're like, Oh, oh that's no good. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah. Well, so yeah. I wanted to start another one that yeah. was, that you could do over zoom where you would just do this, but then it was like, well, do we have to branch off from anyway? We, it's, it, it's, it's not uh, in the realm of possibility for the future, but yeah. at present, the gentlemen of elegant leisure are, excessively at, at leisure <laughs> <laughs> finally living up to their names yes. well that's that is too bad but yeah i thought it might be something related to that just because it would be so difficult to get together to to do a tasting together it would be be tricky but I, yeah if they're all it's a little tricky. yeah with the added and the, element and the of... other problem too was that i thought because uh, uh fred lives out towards ocean park in white rock whereas dave is actually in white rock yeah and so now it would be you know i had the luxury of of, of dave lived out here fred worked out here in the langley cloverdale area and so it wasn't it didn't feel like it was that hard to get together yeah and now i would be the one that would have to travel mm-hmm. and i don't really really want to do it and there's a little selfish sad bit in me actually it's probably about 75 percent of me <laughs> but i used to live in you know i yeah. grew up in white rock and i am so i am inbred with the the natural the snobbish arrogance that you get when you live in a city like white rock which is a, which some people understand is a very it is a very snobbish place to live 
yeah. in the first place. Yes, and I, I have no desire to go back there to visit when I used to live there. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still there. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, yeah. Like when Fred moved into into the place towards Ocean Park, because when I lived in White Rock, when I grew up there, I lived uh, within the White Rock city limits for the snob quality. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> when his area in South Surrey <laughs> was was populated when it was first used to be a bunch of uh, swampy area and stuff like that. It's called Amble Green and it's a lovely housing development and they did the right thing in there. So he moves in there four years ago Yeah. and I'm talking to him after a couple of weeks of moving in and he's just like, oh, you know what? This is so nice here. You can walk down to the mall there at Ocean Park. They got a great little restaurant. They got the, the Safeway there. Everything you, you really need is within walking distance. And I was like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so I don't like going into his house particularly. We recorded a couple of times there. And yeah. I, it sort of was just like, oh, I get to drive by where I used to live. Yeah. And there's the little, there's my elementary school. And here's where Fred lives now. And here's my house. Yeah, yeah. So that's the other the thing that they have to swim uphill against that they probably don't actually know about is my deep-seated resentment that I don't live in White Rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know. could make them drive out here, and they probably would drive out here. But I don't also want to be the guy that's going to make them drive out to here, so that we could because we could probably record it at my work. We have a, a, a staff room in the back where we could all set up and be more than six feet away, and the drink could be made in such a way that you could then go help yourself, and and you could record like that, and that maybe would be the way to do it. But again, I don't want to have to bring them out if it's going to be, you know an odious chore, especially if, if, if Dave had to come out and he's like, you know, I don't, I don't even really like drink, drinking. So now I'm going to have a drink and then drive back. This is your idea of a, of a solution. So, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And then when he gets pulled over on the way back, what were you doing? Oh, you know, a drinking podcast. Oh, okay, sir. Nope. I guess it depends on your personality too. Like, you know, I always enjoy driving in to do the show with Ian, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we made and we made it sort of enjoyable by having dinner as part of the, you know. So that's a bit of a treat. So it's a reason, you know, not just driving in and out, uh, but also having a little bit of a, a fun time. But yeah, it's. Uh, I guess it depends on how committed you are to the the thing. Too. Yeah, the thing is, yeah. I'm I'm a delight. That's the thing. <laughs> well, that's right, exactly right. Yeah, it's worth driving in to Vancouver to visit. Yeah, yeah. I'm a very charming person and, and delightful uh, dinner. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you're joking, but there's a reason that we've been friends for so long. Is that you are a great guy? I'm so, great. Yeah. So it's worth guy, yeah. it's worth right. driving in to to see you. Yeah, yeah I'm, well, a, I'm, a, I'm a Christmas miracle. Yeah. <laughs> well, right now you're being unpleasant, but normally you're very nice. And why don't you shut your fucking face? Let's just leave it at the compliment that I'm doing like that. Why you gotta take it to the next level and make it awkward in front of the company? Why do we always fight in front of Jason? No, this is great. This is a perfect holiday thing. Oh, I was missing this part. <laughs> great. Yeah. So is it, I, Give Trump a chance! <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, though, doing the show on Boxing Day and also the, the summertime appearance that often happens yeah. is that it, it, the trip into Vancouver is great because then I got I get to talk to Dave here and we always have a, a hoot going in. And then Ian has joined us for dinner before, but sometimes he's not available and you and I just have dinner yeah. on, the, on the way back out. And that's always great, too. So it's funny that you mentioned that because when we would do these things on Tuesday night over at Dave's place, there was a local uh, 
pub here that had like a, it was like dollar taco night. Okay. And so I would say, hey, what we should do is now after we do this, then we go out for a meal. And it was just like, yeah, well, you know, we're uh, we're all really hungry here, and Jessica's been cooking something. That was that's his wife. So it's just like you know, he he was more like looking at his watch, saying, "When are you guys gonna get out of here so I can have my dinner?" Like there was another <laughs> element of just. Oh. And then Fred would be like, "Well, I could come if I had a little bit of notice." Just like I don't want there to be notice. I want us to be a, an organic occasion where we just happen to be together. Why is everything here gotta be shoehorned in and and and, and made into this thing? Yeah. So that never happened. There was never once a time afterwards where it was just like why don't we go over here and just yak again i remember you guys saying that you had done uh, i think it was when dave was going to be out of the country so you had recorded a show for like two hours then you went and had dinner for two hours and talked over dinner and yeah. then you came back and recorded another two-hour show <laughs> yeah and that's how it should be that should and it's not hard and then my <laughs> wife uh, tried talking to me and i went shut up <laughs> No, it's true. I mean, even when we did, I we know, we know. Even when we did completely Beatles or or totally Tinto, whatever, we would do the same thing. We would record, usually record Sneaky Dragon first. No, sorry, usually record completely Beatles or whatever first, just because that was top of our minds. Yeah, and just so it wouldn't leak into Sneaky Dragon. We would do and we did that. Once, I did one. I did one. One of the Beatles podcasts. Yeah, you did Hard Day's Night. A little break. That's right. I don't even think we ate though. I think we just continued right through. I, I don't think we took a break between the two. I think we ate afterwards. Possible. <laughs> I don't yeah. No. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's nothing. I I don't know. It's just weird. I I guess it just depends what uh, how your relationship is and what you what. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like some people, but if more... it comes back on, I will, uh, I will uh, contact you both to say, "Hey, I need, I need to promote." You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a problem, not a problem. I was happy to promote, and that was a lot of fun doing that fill-in episode that time as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think the last summer episode that we did of your show was the one where we were down in the basement, right? Did you guys do a summer show that I just didn't missed out on because it was COVID and you didn't know how to? was necessarily going to work yeah yeah that was yeah we haven't had a lot of guests on the show really just because it's been sort of it's awkward enough trying to get two of us to not talk over each other (laughs) yeah 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 no you have to sort of i i I prefer doing it here audio only this is working really great because i'm not distracted by backgrounds and what people are doing and stuff in fact Mm. i got distracted enough that i went and picked up my mini mini mystery and amateur detective (laughs) book (laughs) (laughs) the internet yeah there we go this is uh this is great as always thank you for uh having me here once again well thank you for that it was a delight and i i think i think with those with those many compliments maybe it's time we we moved into letters are we gonna do letters this week Certainly, let's let's open up the old mailbag, Dave. This is something new, Jason. That we, I don't okay. think you've been doing. We, we uh, Ian has uh, thought it would be fun for us to read uh, listeners' comments and things, and it has been really good because really encouraged yeah. people to take part in the show. So it's a lot of fun. And we say the more controversial your opinions, the better. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Read them up. Just like first one is about COVID is a hoax. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> Uh, our friend uh, Edward uh, and Dave and I have been also going back and forth with these because I blow up my voice because we've been uh, getting a lot of letters. And I was like, oh, I can do this. And then by the end of it, I can't do this. <laughs> um, Edward, and, cause, and then I start coughing and then people go, oh, he's got the thing. It's, there you go. Uh, Edward uh, Dragansky uh, writes, because uh, we were talking last week about uh, aliens. 
And uh, our questions of the week were, do you believe in aliens and would you like to, uh, to meet them? And uh, let's go with Jason. Jason, do you believe in aliens and would you like to meet them? Uh, I don't want to I don't want to meet them. I believe that I believe in them, although I used to believe so much in them and I've I haven't really given them much much thought in the last little while. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I always did believe I always believed that there was extraterrestrial life. So I'm going to say, yes, I'm a believer. And no, I don't want I don't want to meet them. Very good. Second question was, <laughs> what's your favorite high concept movie or novel that is not based on uh, an existing intellectual property? I'm gonna. I've I've actually used this term, and I I don't really know what what does high concept mean. What a big idea that is! <laughs> yeah, it's a big idea. It could be like a a What's movie. What's the big idea? A movie like I think a movie like say um I can't remember it's called now, but the movie with like H. G. Wells and Jack the Ripper coming into the future. What's that movie called? Oh uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Time I, after time. It's not, it's a, oh, there's two of them. There's the Christopher Reeve yeah. one as well. Uh, it's, yeah, time, time to kill. Time after time, taking a stab at time. Matter. Anyway, you get what we're saying. But you know what I mean, like a movie like that, where it's just sort of like a high, like a there's a an interesting concept that drives the film. It's not just about a guy who runs a grocery store. Right, right, right. Okay, so and so, what's the question again? What's your favorite one? But you can think okay. about it, think about it while we while we read. You don't have to answer right away. Okay, yeah, there we go. All right, okay. so uh, Edward writes, aliens. Hmm. I feel as if my comprehension of aliens has been jaded by pop culture. An entire collection of scenarios spring to mind when I think of what would really happen if they visited Earth. The events of the beginning of Independence Day terrify me. You wake up one morning, there's a monstrous ship floating above. What then? Uh, the same thing can be said of how the arrival started. I think uh, the only rational thought uh, to have about aliens is to not have any at all. Human comprehension of their existence and presence would be something our human minds weren't meant to, meant to understand yet. Mankind as a whole hasn't evolved enough to understand their existence. I'm sure the uh, brightest and boldest would try to engage in uh, what it takes to comprehend aliens, but it's not something we were meant to understand yet. Maybe it's happening already or happened years ago, and the majority of the world has kept it due to a worldwide panic. Uh, but now is this is sounding like a movie, and I've already admitted that I'm affected by these cultural cues. Uh, or one of the many conspiracy theories, or both. Damn you, Roswell! Uh, I've invested a good deal of time into thinking what films have delivered the best idea of a high concept for me. Nolan's films definitely do deliver on that level, and I've enjoyed most of them, except for Interstellar, which I need to rewatch again. Never finished that one. It's a highly possible that I may receive Tenet for Christmas, so I haven't purchased it or seen it. I'm very curious and looking forward to seeing it. I have two films that come to mind, films that made me think and reflect about their message or their concept uh, and how I deal with it if it were me. The first is the very popular, it's very popular this time of year. It is Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life. Not to be confused with the X-rated Tits a Wonderful Life. <laughs> oh, you. Come on now. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the Frank Capra film, uh, you can't take it with you and then uh, you can't take all of this was a different porno film. Anyway, I, re I remember <laughs> when I was old But both started Christy Canyon. There you go. I remember when, uh, oh, Mr. Gower. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I remember when I was old enough to understand the film. It consumed me on a level I didn't expect. The thought one man's existence and how it connected uh, around him like a butterfly effect fascinated me. Take that one man out of existence and everything changes. This excited and terrified me at the same time. 
Uh, are we talking about the porno film or the anyway? For the classic <laughs> film, I think the same concept pulls up today when I watch it. Only now I'm thinking. I think of myself as George Bailey and how my life would affect the world around me. I'm on the fence uh, about knowing what the world would be like without me. But like Clarence says in the film, you've been given a rare gift to see the world uh, would be like without you. It's tantalizing, but maybe something we weren't meant to know. Perhaps we only uh, know by bettering ourselves for those around us. And the second film is The Matrix. This fucking film infested my mind so much. After seeing it, I had to see it two more times. I realize it's kind of a cultural and technological breakthrough in filmmaking, but the whole forget everything you know idea in the first film blew my mind aside from all the eye candy. I haven't watched it in years, waiting to rewatch it with my wife who has never seen it. I, was, I wasn't that enthralled with the next two films in the trilogy, but the first one really took my brain for a ride. And it was great to hear you guys mention Ursula K. Le Guin in the podcast. Her books were popular even when I worked at Lone Star Comics. I say uh, we sold her work on a pretty consistent basis, given the fact that she won every award you could think of. Hugo, Nebula, and Locus winning novels and stories. Uh, is anyone else here yet? I hear an echo in here. <laughs> First comment. Over to you, Dave. Over to me. Uh oh. For a kiss of Scott McGinnis. <laughs> oh, how nice. Just one second. We'll just have a brief pause here while I scroll quickly down to. Uh, where did I go too quickly down? This episode is recording, though, right, Dave? Let me t <laughs> take a look and see. Yeah, we're successfully recording away, everyone. Isn't that nice? Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awful? Yep. <laughs> that's the word for it. That's all, is that all you're going to say about it? A high concept film that probably no one's thinking about. So I'm going to use, oh. I'm going to use it as my high concept film. Okay. Go. It was a little TV movie back in about 1980 or 81 called uh, The Girl, The Gold Watch, and Everything. Oh, wow. I never heard okay. of it. What's that? Robert Hayes was in it, and he ends up inheriting a watch that will stop time. Hmm. And then he can run around and do stuff, and then he can start time up again. And so he's uh, terribly afraid that he's going to damage the watch, which I think actually happens either that one or in its little-known sequel, The Girl, The Gold Watch, and Dynamite. I think Pam Dauber is in one of them. <laughs> wow. Wow. But yeah, that, that, if, I, if I was going to start to think about stuff like the, the Mr. Matrix man was thinking there, where you start to think, I remember thinking about, I remember one scene where he was able to stop the watch after somebody had shot a shotgun at him. And the pellets were all frozen in air, and he was able to push them all out of the way so that they went into a mailbox instead. <laughs> and then the guy did his gun like, "What? No, I've never seen anybody with a shotgun before." <laughs> so, is it was it a wristwatch or a pocket watch? That was like an old gold pocket watch. How could you react fast enough to stop time with a pocket watch when someone fires a shotgun at you? <laughs> oh yeah, no, exactly. It was it was a lucky break that he got. He got to hit. The yeah, spot. that was very lucky. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to hear he survives to be in the girl, the gold watch, and dynamite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's good. I keep I'll keep an eye open for those films. All right, so this is a this is a, a letter from or a comment from Scott McGinnis, and Scott writes to say hi, David and Ian, and Merry Christmas. And I'm sure if you knew you were on the show, Jason, you say hi to you too. I oh, just oh, right back at him. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you for all the hours of pleasure you've given us, especially this year. It's been such a hard year for everyone. All around the world, we've lost people, 
we've lost jobs, we've lost money, we've lost relationships. There can't be many people who haven't had their lives impacted in some way by this horrible disease. Through it all, however, you dragons have somehow kept on sneaking. I can't tell you what a comfort it's been to have that weekly slice of familiar fun. One constant in the time of uncertainty and chaos. Just listening to you two chatting about everything and nothing has shown that life does go on. And oh, how we do go on. No matter what the world throws at us, hearing every week from Ed, Louise, and your other regular writer-inners has been great too. It really helps to feel I'm part of a we community around the world. I've even written in myself a few times, not something I've done for any other podcast. So, to all the listeners around the world, to Ian and David and both their families, to everyone, Merry Christmas and a much, much happier New Year. Stay safe, stay well, and stay sneaky, Scott. Aww. Thank you. Very, very sweet. Very, very nice, yes. Let's all be uh, healthy and uh, happy in the New Year. Um... Louise Moon writes, she's one of the writer-inners. Uh, <laughs> I liked many of the sci-fi films you mentioned. Uh, so here are two high-concept fam- uh, fantasy rom- rom-coms I liked. Enchanted, mm. where a 2D animated princess falls out of her Disney-like fairy tale world into a live-action New York City. It was smart writing and nice comic uh, performances all around, especially from then-newcomer Amy Adams with her happy working song. That was a very good scene. And uh, tis the season, I'll give a shout out to the Vancouver shot Elf with its similar theme of good-hearted, innocent arriving to our uh, jaded hearts by reminding us of what's truly important in life. Uh, I'd also like to throw a dollop of trollop at you. (laughs) I've just finished uh, Framley Parsonage. Am I saying that correct, Dave? I believe it's Framley, but that's fine. I I first called it Framley, too, when I read read the books. All right. I'm sorry to say, fell apart due to the wear and tear of 11 years of library borrowing. Oh, but yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, Great. You get a little long-winded when it comes to church and political matters. Mm-hmm. Though, uh, interrupt me at any point, Dave, if you want. Oh, that's fine. Um, although uh, what he says about the pursuit of prestige, power, and money in both institutions is as relevant as ever. I tend to forget between novels how realistically drawn his characters are and how slightly he manipulates our opinions of them. <laughs> and I was struck by a plot point that is very applicable in this pandemic year. The book's ingenue, Lucy, volunteers to nurse the typhoid-stricken wife of a poor clergyman. A plan is made to remove the woman's children to the title uh, parsonage and to quarantine them in a separate outbuilding until they show no signs of infection. Lucy resists the temptation to go home for a visit while she's taking care of the patient so as not to put others at risk. This was written 160 years ago. They knew how to avoid spreading disease even then. Come on, people. Lucy's willingness to put her own health at risk becomes irrefutable proof of her good character and her worthiness to marry the guy she loves. So here's to the frontline workers. While there are probably not enough rich and handsome English lords or wealthy heiresses to go around, may they all be rewarded for their selflessness and dedication. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes. Yeah, you want to see an English lord in every pot? <laughs> well, I'm I'm so glad that Louise uh, read another another book in the uh, Barchester Chronicles, Barchester series of novels, uh, Framley or Framley Parsonage. Very good, very good story. Yeah, the 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 central character of the vicar, Mark, I think his name is Mark something. Who uh, he through social pressure, through you know, just makes the terrible decision to sign a sign a co-sign a debt. 
for a for a, a MP or someone like that who um, kind of puts pressure on him, and he finds himself doing it, and then ends up in this terrible situation where he's being hounded over the debt, and which is something that happened to Charlotte in real life. Not that he was forced to do it, but that he did as a young man become uh, uh, the victim of of debt, where like the they would actually come to his place of work and like just walk in and like dun him while he was there and worked, you know, much to his humil- humiliation and. So yeah, it's a it's a theme in many of his stories the the idea of being in debt and how terrible it was to be a debt at that time, when your debt could be sold to someone else as well, you know, like and then and then there was no control over what the interest rate was or or anything. So you just you just were in this wild, horrible thing that if you failed to to at you know when it was when it was due to pay the note, we see that in once again we see that in Christmas Carol the that was just Simwen. There's a guy who you know on the steps of of the this exchange tries to uh, tries to bargain to uh, extension of his of his debt, and uh, of course Scrooge, being Scroogeish at that moment, uh, refuses to do so. But yeah, it was just a terrible, terrible thing, and you know to to be debt in debt at that time. And he really, really talks about that a lot in the book as well as uh, as well as it being a, a romance, which is which makes this book so great. Is that there's that element of you know of, of the gripping reality, but it's always sort of leavened by by a, a nice little romance, which I, I always like. I'm a romantic. Nice. I'm a romantic at heart. Would you like me to read the next, the next one? Yeah, actually, it's like there's two of them, but one of them is just a tag for the uh, for the one itself. So uh, okay. if you want to just read, read it as one long thing, I sure, can. I, I can do that. So this is from Re- right. this is from Regis, our French listener. I say that because I don't know how many French listeners we have. Foie. We have foie. <laughs> we have foie. Foie. <laughs> okay. Uh, he says, well. This is, uh, he says, here we go. Question number one. He says number. So I have reason. He says, aliens? Yeah. You mean the other people or me? Because if you're referring to the others, I thought they were just zombies. Okay. Question two. Easy two. Get it? One multiple answer. One of each as one multiple, as one multiplies by one. Multiply by one is still one. So one times three equals one, but three times one is three. That's why mathematics are so complicated. So Donnie Darko, this is his uh, high concept, Donnie Darko, Usual Suspects, and Requiem for a Dream. Which, Requiem for a Dream, I don't, I've not seen that, I've only seen the end of that movie because I walked in at a, a, a friend's house and he's watching the end of the movie, so I've never seen the whole thing, so I don't know. And then he says, and for the books, the five of the best known uh, trilogy of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes, that great. It feels like when you walked in, sorry, on the, the him watching Requiem from a Dream. Yeah, it was like he walked in on porn, and you're just like, uh, "What are you doing? Nothing. I'm just uh, not really watching Requiem for a Dream. Turn it off. Turn it off." And like it is. Well, the end of it is kind of porny because it's got Jennifer Connelly on all fours in a very sexual way, and I think it. And we were curious. We actually we ended up winding it back to see what how they did it. And I think they she was computer generated like her as a nude, so they could do this kind of weird shot. It's a it's kind of a weird yeah. Anyway, it's been a while since I saw that. He says Regis goes on to say, I think those new pills are working great. Speaking of aliens, you know the others, not me, and them crazy ideas about not wearing a mask because of liberty, or the seven days, uh, the seven day world building business as you state. It's tiresome. My mother got some sort of Alzheimer disease, and it made me think about it. So she's losing her immediate memory. She remembers things from the past, which sometimes get mangled with the present. Because when your brain is missing something, it takes something uh, to replace it. 
like she was a psychologist and regularly she tells me that she can't stay at the nursing home because worrying things are happening. Like this young 25 year old resident who had been beaten by the male nurses. When asked what's the name of the young woman, it's like Henrietta, an 80 year old grandma surname. And about the nurses, they're 99% female. So we think that's a memory of her past jobs when mental, when mental institutions were a tad more violent. She is still reasoning quite well, but mistook her remote control for her cell phone, a clamshell. But she can use them by reflex when she wants to watch TV or phone me. Our brains got one make it two missions, keeping us alive and making our world coherent, even if, it ne even if things need making up. Uh, so, sorry... So what he's saying is we need to make the world coherent, even if we our brain has to lie to us to make it coherent. Okay. So here I am. Hi, I'm the sane one. Yeah, I know maybe I started on the wrong foot to make this really believable. <laughs> but let's say that I know why she is where she is. I know globally what's true and what's false in what she says. But sometimes it takes effort and time to countercheck some facts and try to make sense of what she says. And I can't argue with her about her reality and the real reality. Contradicting people with memory trouble is not a very good idea. It confuses them even more. That's their reality. Shaking it creates a lot of anxiety and stress. It's why they sometimes begin to be mean. But they're not mean per se. They're just fighting for their sanity, which is sadly crumbling down. It's the same for the conspiracists or misbelievers. They create their own reality, so anybody trying to argue with it could only be a liar or a madman. Not that they are wrong. The reality is indeed very complex and in a way kind of fucked. The economic system is uh, is uh, living through a global crisis and we can't know what the future is going to be. Not that we ever really do. A lot of things escape us. We know more things, but we do. But do we know more? And they hate science for those two reasons. They just want simple or simplistic answers, not doubts. I hate entropy too, but I did not give it free will and intention. Coincidence and correlation are not reason. I've got three current mottos to help me. One, all the pieces matter. Two, if it's too good to be true, it's false. And he notes at 99%. And when you have eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, <laughs> however improbable, must be the truth. It's a good Sherlock Holmes uh, reference there. Is there aliens? Oh, yes, our technologies are alien. I think in the 50s, uh, Area 51, at the same time we've got nuclear power, an agricultural revolution, and the freezer. Alien technologies, they give them to us because, uh, why not? <laughs> As for Joan of Arc, or Jahan d'Arc, Alien 2, read Fmur. This is a, this is the name of a French cartoonist. Well known, well known for the, uh, what he calls the Genie des Alpages comics, Alps Genius, and it's crazy sheep, uh, and it's crazy sheep herd. He wrote a comic to tell the truth about her. She was dating Attila, a nice guy, by the way, and had a child with an alien. Aspro, her son, is Tim. Um, so then he says, uh, so read this and you will learn all you need to know about her and have fun in the process. No wonder people liked X-Files, the TV documentary series. So <laughs> true. And the new Scooby-Doo is correct. There are ghosts. You should believe me. Believe me. Or not. I like science, not for what it states, but for the methodologies it gives us to try and verify our mistakes and try to uh, correct them. Um, and he just says, oh, fucking too long. Sorry. P.S. I take on Tenant, and it's too much exposition. And he has a, um, a uh, YouTube link. And he says, BT dubs, Tenant is a palindrome. And did you know that they can be recursive? Like PHP, which stands for PHP Hypertext 
processor. And that is a reference, everyone, to uh, computer code, which if computer code is the same forwards and backwards, it is called a recursive palindrome, just so you know. That was uh, Regis's amu- very, very witty, clever reference to computer programming. I just thought to make over everyone's heads because I went over mine and I had to look it up. All right. Oh, and then he has a um, he has a little um, got to find his postscript, which is or this is oh or should I say oh 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 I almost forgot. Merry Christmas to you two, your families, and all the sneaky listeners, and to all our fellow zombies and aliens. So thank you very much, Regis. Merry Christmas to you too. <laughs> and you know, uh, the elves in Status Workshop clearly are aliens, so don't <laughs> fool yourself. True enough. That is alien technology. Those reindeer are clearly not reindeer. <laughs> uh, they're from another planet, clearly. They've disguised themselves as reindeer, clearly, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So um, we didn't get a ton of comments this week, but I understand that because I also went through Christmas panic anxiety you know that sort of level of things that you need to get done so it feels like you can't do other things that might you might want to do so that's fine don't feel bad if you didn't write in and remember any one of our questions can be answered in the future and we will read them then that is the remarkable thing about about technology is that we can uh, see your comments on things that have passed and we can talk about them in the present and if you would like to write to us you may do so in the following ways. We have a website. It's called sneakydragon.com. If you go there, you will find our shows and you will find underneath our shows a place for comments. And we enjoy reading your comments, so please feel free to do that. If you feel private, you may write to us via our email, which is sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. We are on uh, Twitter at sneak underscore dragon. People occasionally say things to us there. And we have a Facebook page called Sneaky Dragon as well. We are on Patreon at Sneaky Dragon. We are on Twitter at Sneaky Dragon. This is a pretty common thing. I think you can see the theme that we're running. And if you go to our website and look on the contact contact us page, you will find all this information there, as well as our snail mail address. So if you're feeling really, really private, you're welcome to send us a letter through that means. So there we go, everyone. Jason, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's thank been you a, for having me. It's been a blast. It's been a blast, despite that uh, five-minute period in the middle of the show when we ra- we ran out of uh, commu- communication broke down. The st- string of the tin cans so broke. So that you know what you're missing when I... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we got too real, and then uh, the man <laughs> couldn't take it. That's right. <laughs> Shut us down. Shut it all down. <laughs> First, they got rid of your podcast because you guys spoke the truth, and it's gone. <laughs> And they tried to kill us, yeah. but we're still around for at least a couple more episodes, so there we go. At least. What episode number is this one, by the way? Oh, what isn't it? It's uh, 473. Cool. I know, ridiculous. <laughs> like you like said that, it's like you were strangling to death. Sometime this year, 500 will happen. That's bananas. Next year. Next year, 500 will happen. <laughs> that is, that's how things work. Yeah. <laughs> we can't, let's not stretch this year out any longer. Let's just get it over okay, with. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, but next year we're going to hit 500, which is, yeah, crazy. Okay. So listen, and uh, next time we have you on, hopefully it'll be in person. Uh, unless you like this, in which case, no. We'll do it the lazy way. That's fine, too. Uh, but if you do it the other way, we'll go for a snack afterwards, and it'll be uh, delightful. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. I look forward to that world because I guess Jason doesn't know this, but uh, my daughter Mary got got a vaccine for the COVID nineteen. So, so that's good. 
on the on the bad side bad side of things, her boyfriend Duncan got COVID nineteen, so he is he has spent Christmas in his bedroom, uh, quarantined away from everyone. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's, yeah, it's too bad. Sucks. He was working. He was working as a uh, industrial paramedic at a work camp, a 600 person work camp uh, by Fraser Lake, and they had a COVID outbreak there. Uh, everyone was told they sh- had to stay for testing. Almost everyone left. Oh. Which is just outrageous. But yeah, out of 600 yeah. people, I think there was 360 people left. Or no, 60 people. 60 people left. And uh, he got tested while he was there. And I think this is kind of a, a weird part of the testing thing is they tested him there. They said he was clear and he was allowed to fly down here. And then he, so he flew down and then two days later he had um, flu-like symptoms and, a really, and he got a really sore throat. And he, so he went for another test and he was tested uh, positive for, for uh, covid and so he has been locked up ever. He's been locked away ever since. The good thing is, is that he did not leave his parents' house when he came back down. He just stayed there because he wasn't feeling 100% anyway. So he just had that like, kind of slept all day on Monday and Tuesday. And then he ended up going in for his uh, test on Thursday to discover he had COVID. But he did not venture from his house and get out there and infect a bunch of people. So hopefully his family is fine. They've all gone for tests. And uh, and so hopefully every, everyone's okay. Yeah. But it's just outrageous to me that all these people are allowed to leave a camp and fly back down, fly back down, and then visit their families. And so, yeah. Well, especially when you're in a a camp like situation. I mean, you say no one leaves leaves the camp. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't work at Starlog 13, but you say (laughs) nobody leaves the camp until we get tested. Yeah, yeah. So stupid. I know. Yeah, well. So I can think we can, I'm not going to say just because of this, but I think that we know there's going to be a big spike uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. So, unfortunately, but let's not leave on a complete and total downer. Uh, no. I, just, I just I just mentioned it because Mary has got the vaccine and so, and the Moderna vaccine is, uh, is arriving soon and is about to be distributed, particularly to the north where they can't use the Pfizer one up there because it's too hard to, to transport. So... Uh, you know, things are looking up anyway. I think, you know, things are going to start to, to level out and start to uh, get back to normal. And hopefully by the time spring rolls around, we will all, almost all of us will have uh, had the opportunity to, to vaccinate. In fact, if you look under your chairs right now, <laughs> you've got a vaccine and you've got a vaccine and you've got a vaccine. Ten, ten lucky listeners. Lucky. <laughs> it's the phrase that pays. It's, you, oh. That's right. You wondered why it was so cold under your chair. Stick me now. Stick me now. <laughs> that's right. We have a small freezer keeping it at 70, minus 70 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> It's on some ice. It's Wait a like... second, it was used for a murder. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> what the video round new was. Oh. Right, let's end it there. That sounds positive and nice. Yay. <laughs> Bye everyone. Good talking to you guys. Good talking to you. You too. Stay safe. Bye. 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 All right, Jason. We'll see you later. Thanks. Bye for- gang. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm glad we're not doing this with video. Mm-hmm. Hello. By, pe- by people's request. What's this? What's this? I uh, said, I'm we're not doing it with video because I've still I've got COVID hair. I haven't had a haircut <laughs> since July. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, same. Mine is ridiculous. Actually, I, Mia will be cutting my hair today. She said, but it, it's come down to it. You got, I gotta have it happen. <laughs> yeah, you should have seen Ian in his uh, critical hit appearance. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what is this? Halloween flock of seagulls costume still going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> well, you know, when the truth hurts, I guess.